Yo, what's up, guys and gals? It's a, another episode of Gravity Lab Radio, and tonight's guest is a, a new buddy of mine, a fella I am just getting to know, but I have really enjoyed his company, Wit Wit. Um, I'm sorry I'm going to mispronounce your name, possibly Milam, M-I-L-A-M. Wit is a, a newer jumper, newer to the scene, and uh, I'm pretty excited to talk to him. I regularly hear from new skydivers, hey, I want to get involved in organizing, I want to get involved with coaching, I want to kind of start being one of those guys. And Wit and his crew, there, there's a little posse he runs with, really nice fellas, Tyler Perkins, and then the one, the only two-time world champion, uh, Algy, I always screw up his name, RG though, RG is what we call him, um, Alvarez, he is a super nice kid, those three are running around and they're kind of wreaking a good type of havoc throughout Texas, they're getting involved in the organizing scene, they're getting involved in the coaching scene, they're really getting active with what's going out and they want to raise their game to the next level. Jumpers always ask me, how do I get involved with doing that and uh, man, part of it is bringing a good business mindset to the table. Skydiving is a sport. Skydiving is fun. Skydiving is a damn good time. But if you really want to excel and take things to the next level, if you want people to come to you and seek you for your services and seek you for your good times, you have to take somewhat of a business approach to it. And wit, to my understanding, is kind of the brains behind the operations. Might be the good looks as well. Sorry about your luck, Tyler. But uh, he is bringing a lot of that acumen to the table. He's helping give these boys some guidance. He's helping them work with sponsors. He's helping them work just in their organizational structure. And uh, I've watched these boys operate on the drop zone. I am super impressed. But uh, before we get into wit, tonight's Gravity Lab Radio is brought to you by you. I'm super excited about this ad because it is about the film festival. The 2020 film festival is here. It is coming. It is on its way. It is going to be October 24th. We have started announcing the dates. We have started putting information out there. We hope to have the posters out soon, but the film festival, like every other year, is going to be pretty similar five-minute limit on your video. They've got to be to us by 3 p.m. the day of the competition, the day of the film festival. Earlier is better. It really helps us organize the system and the structure. We've had 80-plus people attending the film festival, and we've had 12 to 14 video entries per uh, film festival for the last three years, and this year we hope it's just the same. I'm already seeing video previews. I'm already seeing sneak peeks of what people are doing. I'm even getting people talking about the film festival festival coming from other locations. And honestly, that is one of the things I'm super hyped about. I would love to see you guys and gals come from anywhere and everywhere. I don't care what drop zone you're from. If you're in Texas, if you're in California, if you're in Canada, if you're in Estonia, come visit us wherever you are in the world. October 24th, the film festival. Why? It's a damn good time. But what can you have happen? What can uh, happen for you? Plain and simple. GoPro 7. GoPro, the fine folks at GoPro are offering once again a free GoPro up for grabs. We have LB altimeters once again offering an Aries 2, a ProTrack 2, a complete altitude awareness package. We have uh, SSK on board. We're not quite ready to announce uh, their prize yet, but man, super excited. I know they're coming to the table really nice. Option Studios once again is going to throw down some stuff as well. And uh, we're going to be talking to our normal sponsors and, and our normal prize givers. So we have more to announce and more to come. Um, regardless of uh, entry or regardless of hanging out, make sure you come October 24th, hang out, see your friends put together some dope edits, show off their fun skydives, their funny skydives, their goofy skydives, and their badass sick skydives, and check out some sick editing skills. I've seen them across the board from fun, laughter, good times, bad times. 
Come check it out, October 24th, the Gravity Lab Film Festival. Thanks to each and every one of you for making the film festival absolutely the favorite thing Mr. P, Nicola, and myself do. Uh, Justin Grubbs, he also has joined us in the crowd, and he loves it as well. And Elsa Peterson, hopefully she enjoys it just as much. But there is no doubt for Nick and I, the film festival is our favorite thing. We love watching you guys and gals show off what you've got. We love sharing what you folks have, and we love hanging out with all our friends and homies. This year, I would love to see 15 entries minimum, and I would love to see 100 people in attendance. Come hang out, Skydive Spaceland Houston, October 24th. There's a wingsuit camp. There's another possible camp. There is the Texas shootout finale. There is so much going on on the 24th, culminating in the Badass Film Festival featuring you guys and gals. Till then, this is Whit Milam. Enjoy the show. I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and Nicholas Lott. Produced by Justin Grubbs. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Nice. Gentlemen. What up? How y'all doing? I'm doing real good. How are you doing, Mr. G? I'm doing well. DJ. What? How are you doing? <laughs> I saw you push that microphone like you were done. <laughs> I am, Mr. dude. You're Mr. 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 Witt, you're going to have to help me with your last name. Milam. Milam. Yeah. Okay, great. Nice. You got it. I do an intro to the show before the show starts. I'm like, Witt, I'm going to fuck up your last name. Milam, sorry. Screwed it up. And no. then I gave a shout out to Algie. And, and I intentionally acknowledge I will say it wrong. Algae? Algae, yeah. Like the, the in from the ocean? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. It's perfect. It's perfect. You can call me whatever you want. RG. Uh, you know RG. Oh, yeah. I was about to say shout out to Plankton as well. <laughs> yeah. We're getting algae. We might as well go full Plankton. Algae, RG, I mean, world champ. Algae is great. Oh, yeah. I know RG. Okay, now yeah. I get the confusion. So I have seen this world champ two-time thing on several places, not just him. Yeah. This is something that obviously is in pop culture that I'm lost on. It was started out as an inside joke at the tunnel. And they used to display it on the actual uh, computer screen. And it was just started as a joke. And then people actually started picking up on it. So you mean like when he like checks in? No, like uh, in the tunnel, the screen where you can say like arch, oh, like yeah, you can yeah, type yeah. in whatever you want if mm-hmm. you're driving. Someone just used to put two times. I think it was Tyler. Mm-hmm. And it just started in. It started out as this inside joke that legitimately people will ask us, hey, are, you know, with RG's jump numbers, he's a two time world champ. <laughs> And we're like, no, this is a complete inside joke. But people have taken it seriously. Well, it's ex- I'm going to take it even more seriously now that you say it's a joke. Yes. So here There's we go. No doubt in my mind, I plan on having him on the show at some point. You should. Uh, yeah. uh, I have been asked by somebody already, why are only you on the show? And honestly, it's about individuals. Yeah. The conversation gets too, uh, it gets crowded in here quick. Yeah. So I do plan on talking to Tyler at some point and an RG and RG 100% will be billed as two times. Yeah. You have to hit him with the two times. It will be perfect. I'm sure if the guys are listening right now, they're dying laughing because that we talked about this before. They're like, you have to say it. You have to say world champ two times. So I've done my duty to my group. There you, go. <laughs> you said duty. <laughs> so uh, guys and gals, we have Whip Milam here. Let's get a little bit of background before we get into the bullshit of the show because we never make any sense. Um, Whit, you are a skydiver. Yes, sir. How long have you been jumping? Uh, about two years now. About two years. And you mentioned the tunnel. Have you worked in the tunnel? Do you? Haven't worked in the tunnel. I've flown quite a bit, though, like when I first started. Mm-hmm. So I think I did, I think it was sit flying maybe 
by the time I was out of STP, it's one of those people. But oh, good. yeah, yeah, I I kind of did that because I was <laughs> kind of a scaredy pants, and uh, that's my favorite person to see on the drop zone. Yeah, I don't really need to listen to the safety stuff you're telling me because I know how to sit fly. <laughs> There's too many of those. Yeah, no, yeah, great. it was. I think it was a good experience for me though because I think it helped me get over some of the initial fears of skydiving. So being able to kind of master some of the basic body positions was the reason why I went there. But the whole thing. Uh, and all was really to add more to the sky. So I want to kind of park right there uh, with what you said, Nick. Uh, Nick and I constantly face and, and contend with the struggle of like, dude, I got hours of tunnel time. Great, you still can't exit an airplane, and you yeah. can't still land a parachute. And honestly, we see more tunnel rats coming to the yeah. sky with an arrogance, but we do see quite a few come to the sky with a humility. Yeah. And uh, I could be dead wrong. You could be the biggest asshole I've ever met, but you've done a great job of fooling me so far. No, you seem I, like you're very humble with your I, I regard it with great reverence, right? Like, um, I think of the tunnel as a tool, right, to add to the sky, but it's not. The tunnel was never my end-all, be-all. It was more so to uh, help me jump on my friends, right? Like, I'm surrounded with some pretty good tunnel flyers and some pretty good skydivers, so I definitely have to work on those small things to keep up and... I think it's a great opportunity for new and experienced people alike to work on fundamentals. So usually when I'll go in, you know, I'll try to do belly stuff and back stuff instead of just free flying because I think that's how we end up on every skydive is on our bellies. So you can't do that enough. Um, but I, I don't, I mean, for me, I don't think that that should be your end all be all, you know, shout out to all the people that tunnel <laughs> fly and do competitive stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. But for me, that was just kind of my progression. So. There's how many hours did you have before you started or before you at least graduated the student program? Ooh, uh, ballpark at, at least ten hours. At least ten hours. Yeah, and we see a lot of people like that. Why was your mindset different? And more particularly, what advice would you give those newer jumpers who are experienced tunnel flyers? Um, I think for me, when I was at the drop zone, I did see a lot of that. Uh, information is so readily available from people at the drop zone. But I think even more so who you get it from is that much more important. So I noticed all of these, you know, 25 jump wonders uh, integrating themselves into conversations. We'll just say that. <laughs> and I wanted to, I did not want to be that person. So I just kind of, you know, was the quiet one that I, in everything that I do, like if you talk to the guys, it's the same thing. Like if, I'm not going to do it 150 percent. Then there's no point in me doing it. So, I felt like that was going to be the most integral piece to me doing these basic body positions, right, and progressing quickly, so that when I'm on a plane, someone can look at me and go like, "Okay, this guy with 30 jumps, like I know he's safe." So I did it more of a more as a safety thing and to progress kind of the basic body positions, so I could actually get into flying with my friends. Will you marry me? <laughs> I, 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 I love it, man. I, I, I wish I heard more skydivers. Tunnel flyer sky. I don't care who the fuck you are. Uh, skydivers in general, that mindset right there, yeah. brother. You, you, it's so blessed. There is a reason that I was very quickly drawn to you and your crew of homies. Uh, Tyler Perkins, I actually got to mainly know both your names through a coach course. Yeah. And then um, Tyler was working with a manufacturer dealing with me, and I didn't really know much of him yet. Yeah. And uh, that really what drew my attention to your crew was I had to start paying attention to you. Literally, my yeah. job required me to pay attention to you guys. And I'm so grateful for that because you guys have been so humble that you guys haven't drawn a large amount of attention to yourself. You've let it yeah. naturally come. And uh, skydivers out there, if you want to be big, if you want to make your name, you want to become somebody, you want to be an organizer, 
You don't need to tell us shit. Yeah. Prove it. Text. Uh, I'll, another kid we're going to have on the show who is a homie of yours is a kid named Logan Snotty. Logan, you do not know this yet, but I am going to ask you to be on the show, you little piece of shit. Um, I love Logan, <laughs> but Logan has told me maybe three times in his life, I'm going to be the next Tex. I want to be the next Tex. And sometimes that could be the most arrogant thing I could hear somebody say, yeah. but him that was an aspiration, yeah. but he doesn't tell me about it. He keeps trying to do it every day. Yeah. And you guys have really shown it. And and I want to kind of give everybody a head start into the show um, that's what tonight is about. And that's one of the biggest reasons I wanted you on the show tonight is what can I do as a new jumper to make a good impression in the community, to make a good impression in Scott Iverson, to really grow my name and my brand because you guys are growing a brand quickly. Trying to, I think there's no secret to some of that, right? Like you just got to put in the hard work for it. And I, like, I, like I said earlier, I think the tunnel flying is just a piece of the puzzle for the entirety of skydiving. So for us, uh, me kind of being raised by my grandmother predominantly and being from a small country town, like that's how I was raised. It's like you do the work, you shut the hell up, and people will naturally see that. I think you have an attitude that stands out uh, in skydiving because not many skydivers share this thought process, right? Yeah. I think especially the people who work in skydiving, it draws a lot of people who just want to do a, a cool thing for work yeah. that aren't... Uh, you know, m- most of them aren't the most driven people that yeah. I know, unless it's unless it's skydiving related, right? What what uh, what's your work history like? What uh, what else have you got to put your mind to um, with this mindset? So, uh, outside of skydiving, kind of my life for the last eleven years has been running this medical company. Um, I've helped grow and kind of flip and build a few of them, so I kind of have that background of building successful groups of people so and companies. F- flip and build a medical company. Yeah. Break that down for me a little bit more. So the main part of my business is in medical education mm-hmm. and surgical implants. So usually my day looks like I'll be in the operating room the first half of the week and I'll be walking through surgeons, like orthopedic surgeons, on how to put in uh, knee and hip implants. So actual complete knee and hip reconstructions. I do some trauma and some sports medicine, but uh, orthopedic, I guess you can say arthroplasty is kind of my wheelhouse. So how hands-on are you in, in uh, what's going on in these operating rooms? Uh, it's Like I say, it's the educational side, so I'm uh-huh. co- more so pointing and troubleshooting if okay. they get into uh, a bad bit, but definitely um, not in the not in the surgical field myself. Okay, so does that do you have a background in the surgical field? Yeah, so um, medical education-wise, like I started out uh, pre-med, and then I wound up doing a doctorate in physical therapy, and then somehow wound up on kind of the cells and education side right at the point to where I was going to take uh, a physical therapy job. And then it was one of those, like I was really young. I knew that if, you know, that didn't work out, I had this job opportunity in Dallas that came up. I was like, I need to take this. And I'll always wonder if I don't take this and I can easily go back into the physical therapy field, but the upside was way greater. Um, and so I just took a chance and definitely worked my ass off at it and kind of grew, grew it. And then uh, wound up getting taken on by these, older guys with a lot of capital they didn't really know how to do it and so i helped them grow this uh this initial medical company um over four years uh, pretty heavily for them and after about four months of working for them they gave me an executive position and a bunch of stock in the company and uh just entrusted me with the company literally so i kind of figured out really quickly uh you're asking me kind of uh about kind of the skydiving stuff uh it's more about symbiosis right I try to transfer everything from the business side of things and not necessarily make it so businessy for skydiving, 
but I really heavily believe in building a good solid group of people. It, it, it you have to be symbiotic. You can't be selfish. And I'm only as strong as like you talk about RG and Tyler. I'm probably the weakest person in the group just because they're the flyers. RG is a super strong editor. And so I can bring kind of the business acumen to them. And then I get to learn from them as well. So we all bring something to the table in our small group to where we can, we each have our niche, but we also can learn from each other. I think that's usually the best thing when it comes to groups is if you can learn from each other and you can give back to each other, you'll probably be successful in whatever you're doing. So it's, it's the three of you, it sounds like, making up this group. Yeah. So uh, just say perfect world, what, what, is your, uh, what does your group turn into? Uh, you, you, you talked about Tyler as a flyer, RG shooting some yeah. video, he's doing some editing. You've got this business experience. Yeah. What, uh, what are you hoping to do with all that? Um, I'm leaving it up to be organic still now because it, it, when I started skydiving, right, I, I did not know that I would get my coach rating. I didn't even know I'd have aspirations for that. It just kind of came about. Um, I said a lot of things at jump 10 that I probably am, uh, if someone, if someone was around me, then I'd be regretting now. God, I'm so happy that there were fewer cameras around when I started skydiving. Exactly. Jesus, exactly. Was I an idiot? But, uh, but no, I, I definitely am. Still are. I, I like you. to, I like to have a direction, right? I really love to have uh, goal orientation and to have a direction that I'm walking in, but there's not an end point to that. I feel like part of success people think of success as like a uh, as a destination it's not a destination it's it's more so a journey so if i have some left and right turns there i, I let it be that i have a very stoic uh, way of thinking as when it comes to kind of my business mindset for skydiving but i just use those fundamentals right it's not necessarily like i'm doing all this to monetize this is a it's, it's a hobby for me but i really do enjoy learning this it's taught me the most about myself and it's given me the most about perspective and presence in my life. So I just kind of have taken those business, uh, those business aspects and applied it to these small things. Because let's be real, follow through and work ethic shouldn't be so hard to come by. That should be a basic thing that we do. And as I've gotten more into skydiving, I have many conversations because Tyler's a big uh, stoic when it comes to how he thinks about uh, kind of life in general is that we always talk about how crazy is it that these basic things are so hard to come by with people. And when I first started, I was so mesmerized I didn't see it. And we don't know what we don't know, right? And so as I've gone through this journey in skydiving, I've figured out more people, I'm just going to be real with you, they're fucking lazy. And they have no follow-through. And so you can set these really low expectations. D- DJ's laughing over here for anyone who's not picking up the Yeah, you, you, you can set these really low expectations. It's not hard. You can set super low expectations and exceed that. And if, you know, we all kind of understand a little bit of business psychology, that's huge. People have tons of ego in skydiving and they have no direction. It's not hard to, uh, I, I don't want to say I stand out, but I, I don't think it's hard for someone else to stand out when it comes to that, if you could just actually like follow through with something yeah. and have some direction. I've always described it as it's not difficult to shine at the drop zone. Yeah. All, all you got to do is stick with something longer. I mean, it's not hard to stick with something longer than most yeah. people will. And I don't, I, I, I say that with great reluctance to offend my community. Right. But I see it. And, and you guys kind of know this, the guys that I'm around in the drop zone that I'm around my home drop zone knows this, like I'm not going to bullshit people. It doesn't serve me to, to give you dishonesty when it comes to reality. Guy. Right, but I mean, I, I think skydiving is probably the same with, with most 
things of yeah. like there are some people who are driven to excel at yeah. it. I mean, whether it's the medical field, whether yeah. it's the people that, you know, work at the grocery store, it's like, hey, someone's in charge of people because they were yeah. driven and they kept making a difference. And then there are a lot of people who are just, uh, you know, yeah. that's just the time of, of life that they're in and they're just, just doing their I thing. would have had a completely different mindset, though. Uh, as I've gone into this, like me mountaineering and alpining and being out in the outdoor community, like I assumed, I hate to say that. Well, hang I, on, you would have had a different mindset if not for... It, like I assumed the skydiving world was more like the outdoor community. Oh, you, okay. I yeah, I, and I hate to say that because I typically don't assume, but I was just like, oh, these are people that like to do different things and they share kind of a similar mindset of pushing to their boundaries. And that's really why I started skydiving was I kind of looked at that and I went wow, that makes me really uncomfortable to think about. So I think I'm going to do that. Um, and that's been most of the things that's helped make me the person that I am today is figuring out where that boundary is and expanding it. But uh, but definitely, uh, I've noticed that the, the longer I've been in skydiving, which is such a blip in the timeline for you guys, is that it's just like normal fucking people. Which sort of disappointed me at first. <laughs> hey, you know what I mean? I, I really, I genuinely was sort of disappointed in some of in some of how much drama there is with certain things and mm-hmm. how much bullshit you have to deal with and the, the bureaucracy and all that. So I found more of the people to be regular, like normal people, same drama, same BS, same shitty work ethic. And for me, I'm just like that. I wouldn't think that that would be here. We're all trying to accomplish something and, and work towards things to get better. But as I continue to watch, it's just like shit show after shit show pooped out of the plane. I mean, I do love skydivers. And I think that sometimes I talk about skydivers like I'm like not one of them, you know, which I don't. Like, yeah. And I see you yeah. agreeing. Yeah, right? no, like, completely. Of, hey, man, they're, they're like I'm I'm fine with being different than most people. Yeah. And I think I'm different on purpose yeah. most most of the time. But uh, I just uh, am a crazy person and can't stand to be bored, I think, is what, what makes me uh, you, more You say more that and your some. eyes even had, you even had crazy eyes. Yeah, they, I get them. I know I get them. So I, I've seen uh, at events, like I've seen Tyler's organizing, already shooting some video. You're on the, on the ground. Mm-hmm. So what, uh, and I'm, I guess I'm asking uh, a question that I mostly know the answer to, but maybe to tell the people listening, like w- what's, what's your piece of that puzzle when you guys have an event going on? Oh, for me, myself. Yeah. Like, what, uh, are, what are you doing at, at these events? More of like the management. So let's just say we were, we're running a camp. You're there for the camp. You're paying for the camp. Um, in case we start getting, you know, lax on a call, I'm there to be like, hey, we, we should be setting a good example for these people. And the guys do a really good job of policing that, but you know how it is. Things get lost in translation. People are putting gear on. We're talking. You both know this as you commonly will go throughout the drop zone and you're doing something and someone stops you. So I'm really just there as like kind of the managerial like, hey, like, let's go. Let's do this. Let's keep it structured. So my my piece of that is more just the structure part of it, I think. Um, And helping teach them kind of that as well, because they're wanting to learn some of that stuff, too, from me. Um, so it's pretty simplistic, I think, from an answer standpoint. It's much more than that. It's like 40 different hats, but definitely uh, I'm just kind of the papa bear when it comes to the the events, I think. 
I would really look at your role as uh, people regularly when they meet me at some point will come to find out, oh, you actually own the rating center. I'm like, yeah, I found it. It is technically my business and my company, which means I'm the secretary, the janitor, the administrative assistant. Yes. And that's really where I see your role. The administrative assistant means jack of all trades, master yeah. of none. You're everybody's bitch and you do whatever it needs to get the job done. Exactly, yeah. And uh, I do. I, I watch that. And and earlier, for those who uh, Nick mentioned, I'm, I'm laughing. I'm laughing because Nick and I have the same conversation on a daily basis or a regular basis of like, how hard is it to work? How hard is it to have work ethic? Why yeah. can't you just do your job? Why can't you just land and take care of business? Yeah. Why can't you just follow through? And it's just so funny. Uh, not ha-ha funny, but it's so funny to listen and hear you say the exact same things that Nick and I yeah. regularly bang our head on the wall against for. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to gripe on skydivers too too much. Oh, I love them. I love them. Yeah, yeah, I love them. But, um, you know, it is just that frustration of, I mean, when someone stands out so well for doing the hard work. Yeah. And you, I mean, I just live in this fantasy world of like, man, what if everyone tried to contribute on this level? Exactly. What would this be like? Yeah. And I think that that's what uh, the thought that that's possible yeah. is what drives the frustration. And I don't, I don't think it takes you, and I'll just be really honest, not to disrespect anyone's jump numbers. I don't think it takes you thousands of jumps to understand like, hey, we should obviously be in the loading area before the five minute call and we should have mocked it up by the 10 minute call. These are all basic things that we've learned. But as we go through camps and as we go through more training, you make mistakes and that's really how you learn. So I think more for me, like my leadership style, at least in our group is to try to help people avoid. And I'm not saying that I know everything, but I know I've been around a lot of these high level camps, either filming, being a spectator, not necessarily flying and the information still applies. The things that they do so well are the basic things. And that shouldn't. there's no secret to that. How do you get really good at stuff? How do you run an efficient camp or an event or anything like that? Do the really simple shit well, like extremely well. Run it like a business. Run it, run it like it's your name attached to it. Work is something. You, you, you keep mentioning work ethic. You keep meaning do it well. You, mean, you keep saying do it all, keep working, keep doing it, do it as much as you can. And that is the problem I see nonstop. I want the glory without yeah. the work. And I, I, the glory without the work, is it, it means little to nothing. Yeah. Uh, Nick and I do a lot of side projects together, and, and I'm very grateful for his, for his work, for his help, for his partnership. But there are some things we've done together, and he's like, man, really, I'm not doing any of it. I helped get this ball rolling, and now you're doing all the work. And, yeah. and I think, Nick, you would say the, the, the glory of that, and I think you know which project I'm talking about, the glory of it is, is uh, fruitless and not very fulfilling because you haven't done as much for it. Um, it's the things that you work hard for that actually are fulfilling. It's the things that you work hard for that actually make me feel good about what I've done. Yeah. Sorry, I'm eating for anyone that's not watching. Um, you know, I just don't want to feel like I owe anyone anything. Yeah. Or maybe a better way is just to, to feel like I'm, I earn what I'm getting. That, uh, you know, I don't think... <laughs> I've seen... This is a lesson I learned from my dad. That uh, the first time I ever asked my dad for money, I moved out when I was really young. I don't know if you knew that. I was 15. And when I was 16, I didn't have money to pay rent. Mm. And I said, Dad, I need $100 to, to, to pay rent. And he's like, if I give it to you, you're never going to learn this lesson. He's like, go figure it out. And I went, fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. This was me figuring it out. 
And so it was a, you know, he never taught me really intentionally a lot of lessons that I remember. And that was one of like, no, if I, if I bail you out of this, what does it you're, teach yeah, you? You're not going to, yeah. you're not going to learn. He did the same thing with uh, my dad taught uh, Shaolin Kempo uh, karate. Nice. And he charged me regular price for every class that he ever taught me. And so you've been kicked in the genitals is what you're telling me. Not very many times. Yeah. I didn't, um, I can fix this. I, I have, a, I have, a, I had a friend that did Kempo <laughs> and he, I saw I ran track in college and at the time that he invited me to one of like his sessions that he had, there was a older guy there, long hippie hair looking guy. And, and he literally brought me there to kick this guy in the balls. <laughs> I, f- I found out later on. And so I'm sitting there and he brings this guy up and he was like, oh, hey, here's so-and-so. I thought he was literally just introducing me. And the, the guy and him proposed they said if you can knock me down i'll give you a hundred dollars and so i just figured okay i'm gonna go try to win a hundred dollars so like no rules attached to that no rules knock this I, guy I, down. I, I could literally take 10 steps and kick like run if i wanted to and kick this guy in the balls and so i wound up nfl punting this guy in the crotch and he threw his cheese breathed and was fine and smiled and hugged me and i was so dumbfounded because at the time, like <laughs> at the time I was in decent shape, I was still running, I was still squatting really heavily. So most of everything that I did in track was sprints. So it was like very lower body dominant. Mm-hmm. And this guy just shrugged it off like it was nothing, like shook my hand, hugged me like he was very thankful that I kicked him in the genitals and then touched his balls and got a hug at the end. That <laughs> it, sounds awesome. It sounds like a really good day. That's Do you perfect. know Roy Corrigan? Yes. He yeah. is very good with pain tolerance yeah. and I, I can straight like... I, he has let me kick him in the junk as hard as I want, and I couldn't do it until finally I'd kicked him hard enough that I just let a full-fledged punt out. And he just looks at you like it's nothing, and I'm like, I'm in pain right now. Yeah. Like, my foot actually hurts from kicking you that hard. I wish I was seeing my <laughs> face when they proposed it because I, I had, like, this, like, sheet-white fear thing in my face. Like, oh, you really, you really want me to? And I was apprehensive at first, but kicking him three times, the dude just... It's it's crazy to me. I don't understand how guys can process that through their chi and get take huge solar plex shots and in the throat and yeah, no, that's not. I stub my toe when I go on the ground crying like Peter Griffin for five minutes. I mean, I would argue I have a pretty high pain tolerance. Like, yeah, I can I can breathe through some terrible things. Yeah, but I am not inviting anyone to kick me in the genitals. I feel the same as I feel the same as you. I feel like I have a very high pain tolerance, but I'm not inviting that kind of stuff into my crotch. Like, I don't like <laughs> getting, getting hurt. Tell her your sex tape. Exactly. <laughs> Inviting that stuff into my yeah. crotch. Is, is this the time where I hashtag my OnlyFans account? Is that what it is? Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing until really recently. What? Huh? Really recently. O- OnlyFans, have you seen this? It's like, a, like uh, girls these days can put up risque videos and pictures, and they say it's for the person, but they pay a, a monthly fee for it. The guys do. And so it's, it's like a... I'm like, so you're telling me that you're just paying for something that you could probably go get for free if, if you surf the web long enough? Yeah, yeah. I would never look at <laughs> pornography, but I've heard that just, there's a lot of I'm free j- porn I'm, on the internet. I'm a Christian, but I drink a little. But I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine that there's some girl that you may or may not know, and she posts pictures on her. Oh, it's only fans, right? Yeah. I oh, I just want to say fans only. Uh, only fans website, and let's say you've fantasized about seeing naked pictures of this girl. She'll sell them to you. Exactly. It's like uh, it's a, it's like a more personalized pornography thing. I mean, there are there are quite but, possibly but are girls you know on this site, or no? It, so exactly. So they actually do it. They'll like 
post uh, like a banner on their Instagram or their Facebook and say like, go to my account. It's got the link. You apparently can swipe up and do that. And I'm just astonished by the things that we can monetize. Yeah, it's like these local days. webcam stuff, right? It's weird, Fuck but yeah. it'll be someone. That, Whatever, it'll, more power it'll be to like, him, do it. Yeah, it'll be like someone that you Dude, know that does it. If I thought anyone would give me money for naked pictures uh-huh. of myself, shoot, fuck yeah, all day. Yeah, yeah, I'd be I'm, all over that. People would pay me to put my clothes back on. No, li- listen, case. I had a friend that that does this, and I, I guy or girl, a, a girl, okay. and so I asked her about Makes it. Makes sense. And yeah, <laughs> and so I asked you her. Tell about me, it. there's a guy, dude. I'm gonna ask him how we did it. No, I, hey, if if it's a guy, I'd how be curious to understand how he monetized it and how much it actually makes. And so I talked to this girl about it, and she said she makes six figures a year off of it. God damn it, that's awesome. And and literally though, like, and we're legit friends. I've known her for years. And I'm just still so confused by the conversation because I'm like, wait, like, okay, so we're, you're saying this makes good money. How good of money? She tells me six figures. But then you see her on Instagram all the time, her roommate and her in the background, and they're saying basically the same things. So I'm, I'm assuming this is like a very common thing in Dallas. I don't know. I support it. Yeah. If, if I can, uh, if, if, yeah, if I could do it, I would do it. That's, that's all I can say. And men are dumb enough that... We're gonna pay for for that shit like was, that. That was what we deduced it to: is that yeah. guys are dumb enough to pay. See, for and that's that. why I can't do it, is because women are too smart than to be like, I'm not gonna pay for it. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could appeal to the gay male community. I'm I'm here, fellas. He's here. <laughs> you are rocking that porn stash pretty I'm hard, here. dude. This uh, is I don't know. If, is this a porn stash? I don't no. know. I feel like it's got too much uh, too much flair on the on the. No, it's uh, straight up a hipster stash. I like I don't it. I think that that's true. I think I think, uh, I think, I think I it see, looks pretty good. I, I could three, never rock it. I see it. three musketeers when I look at it. I don't really think it's hipster. I just <laughs> wanted to take a dig at you. That was straight up <laughs> just a fun. shot. It's it's really just a fun joke to play on my face while I have a mask on for months at a time. Because you know you see me in a normal day, you don't know that this glorious fucking thing is hiding behind <laughs> that mask. And every once in a while, I bring it out. Here you it is. see it, and he takes his mask off. It's like one up, one down. Oh yeah, it's just a never know I, how it's going to wind I don't, up. I don't, I don't put wax in it until I know that I'm going to not have a mask. It's on like for Spanish a while. question mark it, for your mouth. It, yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. That's a very good one. No, God, that's good. I get uh, a whole lot of uh, hairs in my mouth in a normal day, which is awful. And forget eating sandwiches. I can't drink anything out of a cup anymore. That you can't, those days you are can't over. trust anyone because everyone's so nice. They won't tell you if there's shit in your beard or your mustache. Is there shit in my mustache? Uh, no, but your face is on it, so there's a problem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> garbage <laughs> attached to it. Yeah, right. yeah. No, it's, uh, I, I like it because I first, I, I think you told me I was like one of the first four people to you, see it. You were, yeah. And I had no clue what was going on. He came over I, here. I had for until I just saw you. I mean, I saw you just a couple of weeks ago. It's been a secret. Wow, you but grow I, hair very. I, but quick. I, I had a mask on. Yeah, the drop zone. Like I don't take it off really. Did Did he tell you about the picture that I sent him today? Uh, I should I should have also have sent it to him. On in that picture. I, Who is that? Who am I talking to? I have no idea. But I, I sent him this picture. After and these it's, hashtags it's, we've talked about, I'm not sure. No, if no, I no, 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 no. This, this is completely. Do separate. I need to pay? No, this okay. is completely separate. Yeah, it's not. So, on my, it's not on my OnlyFans. So page. it's it's funny because he has a mask on, and I sent him this today, and it has this guy in front of him, and it's they're not very, right and, and he looks so small. Oh my god! It looks like a small child. Stole his clothes and his <laughs> Cotopaxi fanny pack child. and and just put it on. Dude, what is your Instagram says something like tiny skydiver or miniature skydiver or something? Uh, that was on the uh, P 
PD Tip Tuesday? So somebody, <laughs> uh, no, I think it's actually part of your Instagram description Maybe. or something. Because I have a homie who games with me. I shout out to Luke, love you, buddy. Uh, Luke actually is like, yo, dude, what's up with Nick's like description being miniature skydiver? I'm like, oh, because he's just a short little midget motherfucker. We're just gonna start calling him Tiny. No, Dancer. it's it's uh it's on. <laughs> It's on the the PD tip Tuesday. Okay, though. is that what it is? Yeah, yeah it's, it's the, the little the caption you put right. Yeah, on, on okay. the lower like, thirds. It's a thing. It says Hashtag. my name and like my my title says <laughs> yeah. miniature skydiver. So who said Tiny Dancer over here? Yeah, what's up, Tiny, Tiny Dancer? Dancer? Hold me closer, Tony, Tony Dancer. Dancer. There we go. There you go. You know the dude, words. have you seen the movie Rocket Man yet? <laughs> yes. Oh my god, that was epic, dude. I it's, love it. It's intense. Yeah, oh. it's really intense. Really? I've been wanting to watch it. I haven't seen it. I I was super hesitant to watch it. Can you tell me about it without spoiling it? Because I will watch it. Yeah, it is a great depiction of Elton John's life yeah. through its early phases. Um, this is public knowledge. Elton John has been sober for 28 years, and it basically tells a story up to those 28 years. Yeah. yeah. And from childhood through, um, I, after the fact, I read an article written by the writer, and it's uh, very true to form and very true to fact, but not exactly accurate. Um, and his statement was, the facts are, I went to the store when I was eight and bought milk. The story or memory is, is I went to the store, we were starving, we were poor, we got milk, it was the best milk we ever had. Yeah. Not necessarily part of the story of Elton John, but he didn't always create the facts, he created the memories of Elton John, yeah. and he spent a lot of time with Elton, um, and it is absolutely a phenomenal uh, story for, for Elton John. It's, it's goddamn it so. was the literal equivalent to him riding a rocket. I'm just going to say, and, and if we could just describe it in two words, Elton John. Yeah. N- enough said. Yeah, epic dude. Yeah. It's, they, the music was phenomenal. They did not put the music in chronological order of yeah. how it happened, although there were a few songs like um, your song is actually on his first album, mm-hmm. and that was, if you remember the movie, very, very early yeah. on. And so some of the songs are chronologically accurate, but more than anything else, the uh, writer used the songs to help tell the story. And yeah. I get so hesitant to watch movies because I'm always like, I'm going to be disappointed. And Elton John, I, I'm a huge fan. I had high expectations, like fucking really great expectations for this movie. And it's two hours and one minute, and it went by in about one minute. It was not long enough. Yeah. I couldn't believe two hours had flown by. Could not believe it. But that, that should tell you why you should see it. The method acting that they did on that's pretty <sighs> phenomenal. It really is. Like you we talk about Heath Ledger and all these other people that really get into character, you know? Uh, he I he really embodied that. Like if you were to put them side by side, it's hard to tell. Did you see uh, Bohemian Rhapsody? Yes. Not yet. It's 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 close to that, but okay. I still think it's better than Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, really? Okay. Really? I, wow. I really like that movie. So yeah. you, I did too. You, you just sold me on it. Yeah. Miniature skydiver. Oh yeah. god! Pulled it out. Yeah. <laughs> Ty, Mr. G's Ty got it. I just love the uh, the T Rex. Yeah. It's on point. Dude, dude. You know you what? Never lost. The it. best part about the, the fact that that exists is I have a full <laughs> like minute and a half clip of me running around the hangar like that by myself in the morning. Oh my god! I want to see that in a tiny T Rex. <laughs> And I was so like I get oh, so wow. okay. I see. It. I, I'm okay. <laughs> I get so paranoid about like someone's gonna wander up while I've already like I'm, while I'm in the process of doing this and see me acting like an insane person. Like you know when you see <laughs> someone taking a selfie in public and you're yes. like, oh, you're a fucking sociopath. I love watching those people. Yeah, it's, <laughs> they seem <laughs> so, so crazy to me. And I know that's how I'm gonna look the moment that someone walks up and I'm like, oh, hey, don't worry about me. I'm just pretending to be a tiny dinosaur <laughs> over here in the hangar by myself. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, mm-hmm. yeah, crazy person. 
So, man. This is who we've entrusted with the drop zone. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, world. I really want to see you in one of the... I mean, maybe you have to use a step stool to do it or something. I don't know. But maybe the actual fucking Halloween outfit. The, Dude, the one I, that blows up and yeah. it has the little has a yes. little clear thing right at your face yes. level. And it's a full team. Yeah. I, I will 100% wear that. We need I'll to wear do that for you. the film festival. Oh, my God. Should we combine the film festival with Halloween? Why have we not thought about this? This is really oh. intense. Did we just create something? I mean, it could be a side-by-side film festival slash costume contest. Hmm. I could be a drunk. I could be a drunk little dinosaur. I'm sold. Like (laughs) you could just be drunk. That's a whole costume in itself. Never gonna happen. (laughs) Jesus Christ, dude! I I don't know how I didn't see this because I've been doing all the planning. As a matter of fact, the ad for this show is the film festival I pre-rolled earlier. Yeah. Um. What the? How the fuck did I miss this? I don't know. So uh, the film festival, man, let's, real quick break is October 24th. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super dope because honestly, it happened on that date because it's the only date I could do in October. Mm. Great enough. Next Level Wingsu is going to have a camp at Spaceland Houston on that weekend. Nice. I've heard a rumor that there might be a free flight camp of some type that weekend. Do you know? Um, honestly, I'd have to pull up a calendar. I was talking with Nickel Black which is Nicole mm. Black, and she hates Nick, Nick, Yeah, so uh, I was talking with uh, Nicole Black, and she thinks there's something else going free fly that weekend. It's the same weekend that we're also doing the finals for the Texas shootout, so we've got a great crowd that's going to be there. Um, just figured it, cramming it all in at once. There you go. Dude, We so we've already got the crowd there. We already have the party there. We've got the 144-inch screen. Are you guys going to be bringing a video? Are you guys entering? I have no idea at this moment. At, sold. You are. Say yes. Okay. Boom. <laughs> RG, there you go. You've got a new project. He's um, probably going to kill me for that. Oh, fuck. No, <laughs> our, Algae. Sorry. I will only call you Algae, algae. from now on. Algae. No, it's two Two-time times. state two-time, champ. No, two-time world champ. you got to tell him two-time world champ. Uh, dude, uh, are you with it? Oh yeah, get with it. <laughs> yeah. So, so my Tyler's been Tyler said you're either with it or against it. Yeah. Exactly. So he posts this, and the the premise behind this is so I got a coupon code for the the jersey, the new jerseys, right, to mm-hmm. give to certain people, and that's kind of the premise behind it was get with it. So he puts it up there. It's uh so far speaking of of Adam Buckner is now messaging me, and oh son, oh my god, um. I love the new uh, Option Studio jerseys. He just sent me the ladies' cut for the new Gravity Lab radio jerseys. We'll talk about those in one second. But just a quick sneak preview for those of you listening. The Film Festival, the 24th. I've already seen some uh, videos from some people. There is an LSD camp, two plane uh, formation loads going on that same weekend. Dude, so we should what have a some people dope around. weekend. What a bunch of fucking ninjas that are going to be out. So I'll um, probably already be there Damn, anyways. planes are going to be turning. Yeah. GoPro's already uh, offered a GoPro 7. LB right there is a Pro Track 2 and an Aries 2. That a is seven. for what the we, film festival. Are we going back in time? Uh, we are, man. It's been really hard times with COVID, and the fact that they got on board was super huge. Um, I will say in the past, GoPro's always up the ante two weeks prior and gave us more than they promised us. So I won't hey, promise that again. Thanks to GoPro either way. Yeah, SSK is already offering something. Um, I know what it's probably going to be, but we're not going to share it yet. we got to leave you teasing a little bit. Um, we've got a few other uh, of our, our vendors always staying on board, and we are getting a hold of them. We will release the poster this week as well. Nice. Um, uh, ad, uh, da, 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 uh, His I name's s- Justin. I sent to GLR Ginger. Facebook <laughs> Messenger for Justin. All right. Um, Justin, look at uh, your messenger, the GLR messenger, whatever. There's a female cut to add to the pictures we're about to show. Okay. Yeah, definitely put those up there. They look good. 
Yeah. So uh, real quick, man, I've, I've told people we're going to eventually release these. People have been asking me for a while, when can I buy a GLR jersey? I think I've been asking you since I did my coach course. Oh, yeah, yeah. Coach course. I was like, yeah. man, I need one of these. I like them. Yeah. And so I told everybody not yet, not yet, not yet. Yep. And there's two reasons. And reason number one, plain and simple, smart marketing says leave them wanting some. FOMO. I hate to tell, I hate to, uh, what's that? FOMO, fear of missing out. Okay, Ford Motor Company is what FOMO stands for in my brain. <laughs> FOMOCO? I, uh, FOMOCO, yep. I worked for FOMOCO for a while and oh, I'm okay. a FOMOCO fan. Um, so the uh, big reason was partially making people wait a little bit. Yeah. But then, you know, the bigger secret is I was waiting for Series 3. Yep. Adam Buckner Option Studios has been waiting to release a Series 3 jerseys for a while run into so many hangups with the uh, seamstress they were working with. And over time, they finally got it there. Yep. Uh, they released their own retail jerseys. You guys, uh, you guys, you, you and, and Algie and Tyler did a good job mm-hmm. of helping them out uh, developing these. Yep. And uh, now the Series 3 are out and all the Raid Gravity Lab and Rating Center jerseys are coming out. So if you're watching Facebook Live right now, you're going to get a sneak peek here and now of the new jerseys. So uh, Justin's going to just get them uh, arranged. I say here and now. I see Justin <laughs> over there working. Sorry to put him under the pressure. Now I'm adding in the, uh, the female one for the slideshow. Yeah, we, perfect. We have to do that, yes. Yeah, and so uh, tonight, uh, if you want to pre-order these, hit me up, send me messages. You know the 20,000 ways to get a hold of me for this. I'll, I'll listen to it in any way. Tomorrow, I will post it on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, every place. For TRC jerseys and Gravity Lab jerseys, they're all coming out. So pre-orders are going live. Uh, as soon as I get enough pre-orders, we will send the shipment yep. in. And honestly, I want to order these next week. So yep. if you're interested in getting these new jerseys, um, please, please, please let me know right away. We're getting and, in on that one, too. Oh, dude. It, oh, my God. Justin's scanning through them right now, and I just get in a boner, man. Like, instant super hard on. <laughs> you, can, look at his the, face. Like, he's even turning red. The this is pillow. great. The this boner is, pillow. Look, that's look just at, my face. That's just your face. The boner pillow. So Ben Nelson was our <laughs> Hold second. Hold on. Have we ever had another ginger in here? Have, have we, we ever had two gingers at the same time? So should I just say I you're know. welcome? Maybe. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I don't. Have we had another ginger? Hmm. I can't, dude. I just. You're guest 145. So my memory just is fleeted. So Mr. G. I'm trying to remember. Mr. Ginger. You ready to show this shit? Yeah. All right. So guys and gals watching on Facebook land. Finally, I've been not. I wanted to post these all day long. Yep. We have gotten the original version, but we have gone to an OD Greed camo version. Justin's popping it up on the screen right now. There is the front. You can see there's OD Green accents all over the jersey. We have a multi cam look. Multi cam is licensed, so it is not exactly multi cam, but the multi cam look to the uh, body. The back looks pretty dope itself. It is Super a matching awesome. front and back. Uh, on the side logos, we have a, a bunch of our uh, sponsors, our advertisers for the show. I absolutely love that one. But I wanted one for Nick Lott and the ladies. The but hang one. out. You know that my Nick new Lott. my new rig is going to have the same camo pattern. Did you know, you know our rigs are coming in together? What? No. Yeah, 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 man. That's exciting. Oh, dude, they're, uh, they're like making our rigs at the same time. So you're going Ooh. back to the camo, huh? Well, I need something that I can slide in on and not feel bad about. Oh, with your mm. white one? Yeah, that other one's yeah. too pretty. Yeah, I mean, the, the, <laughs> the there's a lot of white on, uh, like, if I'm doing a lazy boy or, you know, where yeah. I'm just falling down trying whatever freestyle trick I think that I can do, <laughs> and I slide on that white, man, it's going to ruin it real good. <laughs> oh, that's good. So having something that I can leave some grass stains on, I'm going to feel better about. Yeah. Dude, that camo one looks Dude, so dynamic. It is money. Before we go to the next one, I'll tell you one of my favorite things is, Nick, did you notice the quality of the render, the look of these? Yeah. 
the uh, 3D portions that we put up there were phenomenal. And it, it gives you a better view of what it's going to look like. A thousand percent. Like Mr. G is uh, zooming in. You can in. see like the fabric weave on that. Exactly. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, and um, God, not uh, not um, uh, Sarah is working with Adam, and Sarah is a background in three D animation. Yep, and she's done a really good job helping put this together. Uh, Adam, the whole crew has worked really well, and right now you're seeing three D renders that are just out of this world. Honestly, these look like pictures that are taken on no, mannequins. When, exactly. when you sent me that first one, that's exactly what I thought it was. It's not real because the the, uh, the old ones. You know, that's the first time I saw the old ones was on a mannequin. And uh, I thought that's what you're showing me until I yeah. looked closer and realized that it was a, it was I, a render. It's, it's graphics. It's, awesome. it's yeah. fake. And we talked earlier about building good groups of people. That feels home to me, right? Like they do such a good job and they have scaled a lot from the way that they used to be. So it's awesome. The team is great. And definitely, guys, if you're watching this and you see some of these jerseys, go to the website, go to the actual page on Instagram or Facebook, and they have retail sales now. So definitely you can pick up. Check out pullupcords.com yep, yep. on the homepage. There's a link for retail sales. Yep. You'll see all the jerseys, but don't just uh, look yep. at that. Go to each jersey and pick colors. Yep. For example, the um, 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 the Phoenix has a camo version, and you won't see it unless you go to the Phoenix men's page and yep. click on the colors. Yeah. Uh, the next one, Justin, we had to get for Mr. Uh, P and for the ladies. This is what we call the negative. Uh, the original Gravity Lab radio jersey had a negative, which uh, white a lot of stuff out and then accent colors of pink. Absolutely love it. I think it looks great. Um, front and back is very similar to the other one. Mr. G, is the ladies lined up in order yep. of the slide shite? Awesome. And go ahead and go to the next one then. One of the huge benefits of, of Series 3 is they fit the ladies, man, and yeah. RG. <laughs> oh, excuse me, algae. Yes. <laughs> and plankton. Um, yeah, smaller people, they fit extremely well. But like for me, where I have a weird frame, I'm like broad, really long arms, long torso, short legs. Kind of like a shorter Michael Phelps, but not in swimming. Uh, you described a, a Harambe-shaped person. <laughs> I, thought, I thought we were going full gorilla. Yeah, no, it, that they actually fit like my style of guy pretty well, and the girls too. Like I feel like what they did with the sizing, and we know this as skydivers, you could get a jersey, and across all companies, it's always different. So you never know what you're gonna get. You have mm -hmm. to try them on, and there's nowhere to try them on. You have to go to a boogie to figure it out. Well, these kind of match the sizing and the mark the market better, in my opinion. True to size is exactly what is yeah. There. It's it's huge. Um, I, it was really cool to see you guys get involved with Series Three because yeah. Series One was never released. Um, as a matter of fact, I have Series One jerseys, and Adam asked for all the Series Ones to go back, and I said I'm keeping mine, and and we made an agreement that I got to keep it. Um, but because it's not the quality of production he wanted to see. Yeah. And a large series one fits like a double X. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Series two was closer to fit with medium and large, but beyond that, it was not. Yeah. I, f I found them to be smaller. Right. Yeah. And we wanted to, when we were R and Ding all this stuff, that was one of the, my, one of my like chief things is like, we have to get it closer to what other people's jerseys are going to be sizing wise just so it's easier for people to know okay i'm a large i can order a large in this instead of people having to order two jerseys we don't want to do that no and, one wants to spend extra money too and, and we want the fit to be right if you're in the market of selling and which i am i do sell a lot of jerseys yeah. my god it's so much easier when they fit true to form yeah the ladies cut is not only are they true to form but the ladies cut we talked about slender smaller people like mm -hmm. rg my wife is a super slender gal 
but man, your full figured woman, yeah. they fit really well also. And, and Camille is, is what I would consider a nice voluptuous woman, a full figured lady. Uh-huh. And she loves the fit. She actually does not like the standard fit of yeah. the Option Studio jerseys. Sorry, Adam, but you know that. But that is the upside of the Series 3, yeah. man. It's not just for the slender gal. It's not just for the tiny fellers. Nick, it is also for and truth. Huge. Truth be told, I'm probably telling too much here. The jersey that RGR indeed was actually a girl's jersey because of the sizing that we got was more of like mine and Tyler's yeah. voluptuous size. <laughs> it's uh, you got we, those sexy curves, right? exactly. So we get we gave uh, RG like a medium women's and it fits him perfectly. And what I thought was cool about that, and we had we even demoed it on guys and girls, mm-hmm. and you can't like you can tell it's a girl's jersey when it's on a woman because of the bullets at the chest area. Yeah. But then when a guy puts them on, you can't tell that it's a woman's jersey. What if he's got good tits? Yeah. RG does, I'm just saying. (laughs) I actually, that's all the joke, and and thank you for giving the full disclosure, is that's why I keep bagging on RG for fitting in girls' clothing, because he really is wearing girls' clothing. (laughs) Um, Man, as much as the camo jersey and the pink jersey look dope, they they look fly, they look fresh, um, I really hate the fact that I don't think they're going to sell as well as the next the jersey. Next, the next, yeah, I was about to say the, the next, next one jersey, is Mr. G. When you are ready, man, this screams America all the fucking way, man. I'm so happy I thought of that when we were talking about colors. What, I, what, what did I <laughs> yeah, say? Yeah, that was your idea. Yeah, I, I wrote it on your little whiteboard, yeah. America jersey. What did I say earlier? America. Fuck yeah. yeah. Coming to save the fucking day. Yeah. <laughs> Justin actually really uh, suggested the America jersey. And, and personally, I'm not a big fan of wearing red, white, and blue America looking uh, clothing. I am a huge advocate of the flag. I fly the American flag out of my ha- out in front of my house all the time. Um, I, there's nothing. I'm very patriotic. I'm the son of a Marine. Um, but I just don't like it in clothing. Yeah. And Justin suggested it. And honestly, I went with it not because I like it, but because I do know it's popular and I do know people love it. Um, I do not plan on ordering any of the new jerseys because I already have too many. Well, I'm wrong now. Um, <laughs> this will be my first red, white, and blue piece of, piece of clothing. It's phenomenal. It looks dope. Yeah. So that is the front. The back also is, is going to be there. But uh, Justin's idea of doing America jersey for Gravity Lab Radio just did not stick with Gravity Lab Radio. Uh, TRC has two new jerseys coming out as well. We will only show you one tonight because the other one is still on my phone. Uh, Justin, the next one, I believe, is the America uh, version of the TRC jersey. I do like the the muted America. It looks really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Super kind of subtle, chill, mm-hmm. laid back. But it's full fucking superhero, it's, it's man. Classic. It really it's is. Awesome. It is, yeah. Dude, I thought Captain America. It's like the later Avengers movies. The later. Dude. <laughs> when they go from flashy yeah, to like yeah, yeah. badass yes. looking. Yeah. Fucking A, dude. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Old man Avenger shirt. So, That's you're saying, so you're saying we can make Nick look bigger than he actually is. Hell yeah. I'm going to start lifting again. How are we going to do that? Still put the jersey on him. Uh, and then the back of that one is as good as the front looks. The back also looks super dope. Yeah. Um, we have another one for TRC coming out. We'll show that to you later on. We'll release that. Um, uh, actually, all of it will go live tomorrow on the interwebs. If you want to order any of our new jerseys, hit me up on the one of 1,000 ways you know how to hit me up. Monty at gravitylabradio.com by far is the best way for you to do it. But uh, in any other way, let me know. Um, if you hit up Justin or Nick, they'll just send you to me. But if that's what you need to do to get to me, please hit up Justin or Nick. Sorry, guys. Uh, we'll get it done. 
I really like the like the fading from red to white on those lightning yeah, bolt that stripes. Awesome. Yeah. That looks really badass. Huge shout out to Adam Buckner. Yeah, Adam Adam killed it. And the design team, if any I'm not sure who was on that project. Only it was, Adam. It was only Adam? Mm-hmm. Yeah, phenomenal, man. Yeah. I, I do I do want to not leave out Sarah and Elsa. Elsa yep. actually I think you know Elsa's role on our show yes, now. Yes, yes, yes. I heard about that. Um, Elsa and Justin are kind of our alternating producers because poor F and Justin works like a god awful amount of hours and probably actually was here in his version of uh, life late today. Mm. And I'm guessing because you worked your ass off to the last minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we really don't want to uh, not have Justin here, but A, having that multiple personality is great, and B, yeah. it gives Justin some time to focus on work. So Yeah, man. So, Shout out to the Options family on that. They did a great job. Dude, it is super cool, man. And nice hat, by the Look way. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Color. It's kind of uh, discoloring right now. I've, I've worn it quite a bit since I got it, so... Um, I have to look at which hat that that is, man. There's a new hat that I'm uh, suggesting Camille give a try to, and Nick, you know the new black uh, LB red LB hats that we have. Yeah, the, yes. the black, black. Yeah, yeah. Fabric. We yeah. need to use that. Uh, uh, I'm. I need to send Camille what those are because yeah. I know she can get them through the resources. I've already checked. Yeah. Um, and I highly recommend that's the next version of hats. That would use. be nice. Yeah. You've seen those hats? Then? Yes, I have. Yeah. 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 You're looking at me like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, do that seriously. Yeah. <laughs> that's that has to have that has to be done. That hat is super comfortable, super dope. Oh, and uh, I, I did was wondering not, if you shared that yet. No, I have not okay. shared that yet. I Uh-oh. did not know Mr. G had it, and the film festival poster will be coming out very shortly as well. So, Mr. G, why don't you go ahead and show that on the interwebs to the to the fine folks at home watching. Guys and gals, I'm so sorry if you just listen to the show. Uh, honestly, most of our fans do. If you don't watch, uh, you can go to our Facebook page or Instagram page very, very soon, and you'll be able to see all of these things by the time you listen to the show. They'll probably be live. Uh, Adam, thank you so much. Option Studios, yeah, thank you so much. Everything looks good. Film Festival, coming to you soon. The 8-Bit I'm so excited Poster. about that. Space Invaders is badass. Yeah, that was a That's cool concept. That's my favorite arcade that was a cool game. Concept. I will tell you right now, came from this man. Uh, I mean, I've thrown an idea out of what I'm planning to make. I've made absolutely 0% progress on this video so far, but it's coming. But do, do you see Doom when you look at the... Uh, so it's Doom, Duke bit. Nukem, Space Invaders, yeah. and Mario Brothers is what that I poster saw, I saw multiple, okay. but obviously the the Doom piece of that mm-hmm. is kind of that's, a centerpiece. That's what stood out to me yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. And if you actually saw when I posted on Instagram, I uh, what, what was the stupid comment I made on Instagram? <laughs> Apparently the all m- of them. Many. All, all of them. <laughs> Many. Every single comment I ever make on Instagram. God, um, I cannot look back like at like any photo or any comment i've made in the past you wince you're just like oh my god what a douchebag jesus this is why this this is why like if you see my instagram i'm the worst creator of anything as i probably have 20 photos on my instagram and facebook i can post post a photo and feel okay about it it's always my douchey comment (laughs) that it's like three years later i read it and be like oh man that's how that's (laughs) how mine's usually like a dad joke and it takes me a little while to get there and Mm. i will miss 99 out of those dad jokes just to get one so just don't even try i love dad jokes i know what my wheelhouse is in jokes are not it here it is the 2020 gravity lab film festival is set for october 24th be there or you will be doomed by invaders who will nuke you. <laughs> you gave ev- you gave everyone the answers to the test. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> bonus points for those who get all the references. What are your points for? Proof that you're a nerd or old or an old nerd. DJ gets it. <laughs> so old nerd. No, that's good. Um, now, uh, I uh, uh, Nick has this 8-bit theme going on for the potential promo that we're putting together. Mm-hmm. I say we, he's putting together. 
Um, and so I use his idea, and then I always tell Adam, here's what I want. Here is the field that I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, Nick kind of embeds it. Nick has been the foundation See, of each poster. But, but for me, it's always, it started with a song, these last two especially, yep. the last two posters. So I've got the song picked out. That's where it starts. Yeah. And uh, if you need any help shooting video on the ground or getting ready I, for this. I might. Uh, I know of at least two people can handle a camera really well. I was just fixing to say earlier <laughs> when you were saying video, I'm like, we have to get in a project together. Dude, that, the that, man, the myth, and the legend uh, right dude, here. Honestly, I have to, that, that would be perfect. It would honor me so much I, to I be can able tell to work you, with I you. can tell you exactly what, what I want okay. and give you creative freedom of how, how that happens. Yes, daddy. Okay, fuck yeah. Yes, daddy. Awesome. Oh, man. Dude, that's, that makes me... That actually... In my head, I had set up all these tripod shots. Yeah. And beca- mostly because I'm really awkward in front of the camera. Yeah. But if if there's someone that I could bullshit with, maybe it, maybe it's going to be easier. I got you. And especially if uh, you know you're using your artistic eye the whole time, and you know that we've got the shot, that yeah. that'd make me feel better. I feel like compositions are kind of my wheelhouse. I like. Hell that. yeah! Fuck yeah! I've watched, and, and I'll, I'll send you. I'll send you the song. Oh, that's that, the thing. I the thing I feel like, and not to cut you no, off. No, no, go, go. I feel like what we're missing. Like, there's some great guys who do skydiving videos and they get zero recognition for their sound effects and the actual like b-roll that they put in and i feel like like kind of your style of video is more of like i don't want to say like that's what i aspire to but that is kind of like i want more of like a complete video instead of just flying i do so I love b-roll i love b-roll i love sound great, effects i, I love, love the complete picture when it comes to cinema and not just flying and i love someone that can appreciate it too especially yeah. that you said sound effects one of my uh, favorite videos that i've ever built was the looking to looking to build looking two. to build two yeah and the, the beginning of that yep. i had to i had to make that whole audio track the music the sound effects of the shopping carts the the screeching yeah. of the tires the crap you the took your own you took your own sfx like you took your own sound I mean, effects. So, some of them i go- I, I just searched the internet until i found the right noise like yeah. I, I know i know that i just stole the, the shopping cart noise off offline that's and, okay but, but then sometimes like i'll find whatever objects i need yeah. to like <laughs> smash together in front of a microphone <laughs> and be like oh shit oh shit that's it how fun of a job would that be to be in film and be that guy just doing random like you probably look absolutely ridiculous doing it but that just seems like such a fun job i feel like uh the movie uh, cloudy with the chance of meatballs you remember this yes i saw like a a, a, like in that in creation them them showing how they're doing a lot of those sound effects like the meatballs falling from the sky and Mm -hmm. shit it's just too crazy yeah it's just real weird basic shit that makes the sound of meatballs yep, but they they fucking nailed it yeah they did but that no that that stuff is super fun for me yeah so uh yeah let's make movies I, I would love that i like that complete picture style of of video making so definitely i'm so happy to hear that you guys do this because i recently on the drop zone you guys had an event and during that event i watched you guys a little bit um just because i can't help but to watch things and honestly, if I'm watching you closely, I chances are I like what I see, not dislike what I see. A lot of people get afraid that I'm watching you because I'm critical of you. No, when I get really critical of what you're doing, I walk away because I can't stand watching this fucking train wreck. Dude. It's okay if you're staring at my butt. It's oh, okay. dude. You oh, said I was curvaceous. It's dude, okay. that nice, booty. <laughs> 10 out of 10 would recommend. It's okay to look at. I want to make that, that booty cake. clap with my tongue. <laughs> are you familiar? Are you, <laughs> what? What? I'm going to turn red. Stop it. Dude. Are you familiar with this phrase, cake? Cake? Cake yeah. is the, the colloquial term of butt. It's the new badonka. The, the badonka donk. Have you asked Alexa to make fart sounds? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I Does would, she do that? I haven't done that, but I've asked her to do some weird things. 
first of all, yes, she does it. And once she does it, she makes some like mm. really legit fart sounds. Then she'll tell you what type of fart it was. Yeah. And then she'll say, do you want me to make? And she'll name another type of fart sound or say random. And dude. Go with random. Bit, always. Yes. At some point, she said, would you like to set a 30 second fart timer? And you have to have the fart sound thing <laughs> going already. <laughs> do you what? think? Hold on. Do you think? And then you got to try it, dude. Got to. Do you think anyone's a listening to this timer? right now with an Alexa like in earshot? <laughs> if I were, I would do it. Alexa, <laughs> hey, <laughs> make a fart sound. <laughs> God, I hope that works dude, so the, badly. The best part is <laughs> I started that like my my wife Valerie is on Facebook mm. and she's like, oh, my God, this is on my friend's uh, feed. Uh, uh, my son is making Alexa make fart sounds. And as soon as she read that, I was like, Alexa, make a fart sound. <laughs> and Valerie lost her shit for the next five minutes. My wife will laugh at fart humor. She is the first one to laugh at fart humor. Oh, yeah. I'm a child when it comes to that stuff, too. Oh my literally. God. And I mean, it is, dude. I'm positive they just had a mic up to somebody's butthole and recorded <laughs> farts because this is all, all legit no, 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 no. I'll tell you what someone did. Stuff. Someone had a shotgun microphone and they stayed at the drop zone for like 10 minutes in the bathroom. <laughs> and They just edged the microphone under the stall. And there you go. Some directional sound. I'm going to tell you a story about my childhood. Oh, God. So, again, I, m- I moved out when I was 15 and uh, lived with uh, two other dudes. Um we had a tape recorder mm. with a small microphone attached to it. And anytime this is a terrible <laughs> story to tell. God, I'm an awful person. <laughs> but bear yourself online, Nick. Yeah, dude, I have no shame. Uh, so if you had to fart, you'd run and grab that. We called it the fart tape. You'd grab the recorder and you'd hit record. And so somewhere, <laughs> the fart tape. yeah, the fart tape still exists. Somewhere there are 30 minutes of us <laughs> farting into the microphone. Followed so, by <laughs> so what happens is the aliens come down and they find that and they're like, this is the, this, this is, is where we're doing. at. This is okay. what we're doing. Let's kill all of them. Exactly. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, humanity. You should put that in one of those little, uh, what is it? The things that they bury to time find capsule. time capsules. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do that. Another thing that I'll look back on as an adult and be like, God, I I messed it up. Make all of the fart noises well. and then just at the very end of the tape, just whisper, you're welcome. Mm. Sounds romantic. Mama that- Lot, send us the tape. No, I don't think my mom knows about that. Mama Lot, find the tape. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I bet I know who has it still. I'm going to send, send an important message uh, if, right now. If you do come across this... You have to share it with us in this room. Uh, like it's not gonna. I think it would be funny for maybe thirty seconds. That's okay though. You'd be like, man, you. So we have minutes. We have minutes of farts. That's a lot of farts. Oh, dude, it's it's. It's a, it's a lot of mess. We can program it to that board that Justin has over there. No, no. Here's what here's what we should do. You know how I like to do uh, uh, Easter eggs in some of my videos. That's there. You go. There could be random fart sound effects that people don't mm. even know that it's a fart. Wow. That's deep. I thought about it only, just now. Only if uh, the transitions go along with the uh, the sound I, of the fart. It can't, it can't be a wet one, though. Otherwise, it's going to be really hard oh, to mask. Oh, hang on. Hang on. I just got a text. Oh, oh I, okay. I know who has it. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh <laughs> Anyways, how do I, we how do we tra- I'm, I'm like thinking how do we transition from there? Could, should it be serious or should it be more jokes? I don't know. It's like a surprise in a box every single time. Oh my god! I, I'm so happy back to the idea that you guys are talking about video work together because and farting as more important farting. As I watched you guys on the drop zone and watched the way you guys behaved, 
um, I was impressed and I liked what I saw. And then there was some controversy around you guys, not because of you guys. Oh, man, this is going to be good. Oh, I'm not even going to go far with that. Around you guys, not because of you guys. But because you guys were around it, I pulled you guys aside and asked you for your help. Oh, I, I remember this, yes. And dealing with you guys for this controversy and asking you for your help in this controversy, the way your group responded, and I won't say everybody in the group you were organizing, but the way you three leaders responded really was just like, man, that these these young fellas just keep making impressing me more and more. Tonight, as you started off talking about work ethic, thought processes, um, the symbiosis of life, uh, Nick and I started this show for funsies. There's zero fucking serious about this show. Uh, Said and done, we have a little group called Gravity Lab Media Group. We have a side project. We're doing side business. Um, I I have all these things that have happened for me and for Nick because of uh, us doing this. Dude, we got to hang out with Bill Booth. 900 some odd downloads for Bill Booth's episode. That's super awesome. Because we had no plan. We had no goals. We are just fucking doing shit. Yeah. So when I hear you talking about your crew, I listen. I sit here and I look at the crew sitting around me. I'm like, oh, my God, you guys are like us, but we're old now. Yeah, um, I think that the situation, it was a good one for uh, for accountability, right? Like we as a group, it shouldn't just be me managing the group and being like, don't do that. I think especially like a great example is the masks thing at the drop zone, right? Like super controversial. Some people have their opinions, some not. I'm not going to get into it on the show because we could go forever on that. But me being in the medical field, I understand it. My mother's high risk. And there's some people that say, hey, you know, uh, it's not real. Okay, well, but you're still accountable just in case it is. So why would you chance that? It would be dumb. So I think in that situation, right, like we're at the drop zone, which, yes, it is home, but we are guests in our home, if you guys can pick up on that, right? I feel at home in Houston, but I'm also a guest in y'all's place and also want to be someone that is like creating a good example, which as we, as we all should be. And it shouldn't just be me beating everyone up on something, which, you know, we should all take a little piece of that responsibility and say, Hey, like I can help with this, even if it's not my problem. Once again, it's a selfless thing. It's symbiosis. We're working together. Even if it means nothing to us, it, it should take you two seconds to say something to someone instead of someone getting grabbed at by someone. And it turns into a much bigger thing. So I think for us, uh, we should all strive to be leaders in a small sec- sector of, of skydiving, right? Whether it's gear checks or you're calling something out or you're just straight up telling someone they did a good job or that they did a shitty job and they should do better. I think we should do that, right? You, you did a really great job of handling that that specific situation and, and you do a really good job of being a leader of that, of that group and have conversations just like this where you're yeah. calm, collected, making smart and reasonable yeah. decisions uh, decisions and, and requests of, of the group and i think you're doing a really good job with what you're doing thank you guys thank you i really didn't mean to get on that sidetrack i love that we did no it's great I I love that we, did. We, ha- we have successfully not talked about COVID 19 this entire yeah. time yeah but what i do want to since we're on that sidetrack mention is i found out that you and one other member of your group went to uh somebody else and made an apology where i don't honestly believe all of you needed to make an apology some people yeah. needed to some people didn't and man, I, I just, I, I, ego's too big in skydiving. There's no room for that. It, it, especially yeah. for me. Like if you make a mistake, Hey, it's, it's cool. Even if it doesn't affect you, if you can diffuse the situation, man, I'm all for it. I like, I I'm all for whatever works most best and efficient for the groups and the whole of the, the drop zone. 
And if we can do our little part, I think we could hopefully make an impact on someone else to do the same. Yeah. I, I'm not I'm not trying to be some huge fearless leader. I just think like I want to follow through with the things that I do and I want to under promise and over deliver on everything. And if we're going to be there doing a camp, I want anything that we do to be an example for every single person there, whether it's whether they're new or whether they're experienced skydivers, man, so you just got me fantasizing about, man, what if we all lived in this world? Seriously? What, what's one thing that you see? And I'll just, I, I haven't really asked you guys any questions, but I had so many in my head. We were talking about this before. He's yeah. like, dude, save it for the show, which I have to. But like, what's one thing that you guys see in that scope of like camp or just a day-to-day operation that people do really badly getting ready for jumps or going on jumps? What people do poorly in a camp? I'm just, I'm anything like, but, but the thing like for me, I'll answer first and okay. maybe you can like, the thing that I see the worst is people being out there for the call and having mocked up their jump and being ready for it instead of being at the four-minute call, still trying to mock it up and decide what's going on. I won't even go on a jump. Even if I'm comfortable, like let's just say it's it's Tyler leading me on a jump or if it's you know Tex leading me on a jump, it's just my own personal minimum, right? Like it doesn't matter who it is. If, it's four, if I'm like at the five-minute call and we're – we're just going to do that and we're supposed to have a plan. I'm not going on the jump. If it's a no plan thing, great. Like I'm happy to do that, but we're still going to go mock up some of those things because once again, even on a no plan, even for me, like I don't, I have more of like maybe a controversial style of skydiving. Like most, I would say most, all of my jumps literally are training jumps. And I know we could get into the philosophical part of that and say, you are training for every jump. But if it's just a shit show jump, I'm not interested in it. Like I legitimately want to be better so that I, if I'm on a load, you guys, if you're jumping, you look at me and you know, like I know how to plan a jump. You know, I know how to jump and I'm going to be safe on the load. It's not just for myself. So once again, it goes back to that responsibility thing. Like what can we do to, to be better skydivers? Well, don't show up at the plane without having mocked up your shit because that's just a basic level thing that you should already do. I think this is why uh, Ben Nelson has decided to die on the hill of everybody everybody being in the loading area on the five-minute call. I love it, though. It, it's great. It's great. And I love because it. it doesn't matter whether we went on a 20-minute call or an hour call. Yeah. That Those last five minutes look the same. No matter how much time you exactly. gave somebody, you're st- most a, people are still running just as late. Yeah. To, to their and I'm point. 200% on board with Ben or anyone for that matter that has, that has it, some people could call it strict. I, I think that's just basic, right? I think that's just basic. Like it gives you enough time to do your gear checks. It ha- gives you enough time to like walk the jump, know your plan. And the thing I think us as young skydivers, I'll just say myself, like we I'll take it full circle again, is we don't visualize skydives. And you don't give yourself enough time to visualize skydives. And I notice this with a lot of really experienced, good people. I'll look at them on the plane, like whether it's Luis or someone, dude, they're not, they're not fucking off on the plane. Like if, if it's like him and Oscar and some guys, dude, they're like eyes closed. They're like visualizing the jump and dude, it kind of, I mean, gets my dick hard to watch that. Cause that's some discipline, right? Like it really does. I, I like, know they're going to go out and fucking rip even if it's a flat track, they're going to go rip it because those guys are so intense and serious about it. It's like I kind of gravitate towards using Tex as an example for certain things just because I'm around him and filming him quite a bit. Like, I love that shit. I eat that shit up. That's like aspiring for that, right? It's not 
for perfection. It's for discipline. I'm going to out him a little bit just because we're, we're buddies too. And, you know, I've talked to him about his, his coaching philosophy. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember where we were traveling. It may have been Atlanta. But he had a, a notebook. Yeah. His, note, his coaching I've seen, notebook. I've seen his notebook. Yeah. And, and I asked him a, a I don't even know what the question was. Maybe it was kind of what he's thinking about as he's putting together a jump as a coach. And he, and then, he, you know, he showed me that he had all his responsibilities written down. Everything. Of, hey, it's my job to do this. It's my job to do this. It's my do- job to do this. And he's like, I, you know, I can't be teaching something that I'm not a shining example of. Exactly. And it's like, man, I, same as what you're, I, I really eat that shit up. If you like, can't do the basic things well, then why are you doing it? Like, you, you should be regarded as one of those people that are like experts in those basic things. Yeah, and he's a, a Dude, he's fucking he's phenomenal. The guy who's yes. got his eyes closed the whole load. He's yes. not fucking off. He's not joking around. I mean, yeah. on the ground, he's totally the guy who's fucking off and joking around. And he's awesome. It's showing up late to the five yeah. minute call. But man, on, on the on the airplane, like he knows what his job is and he is absolutely going to get it done. Yeah. And he doesn't even have to be leading. Like, that's the crazy thing. And that's kind of how I approach my dives, right? Just with a different mentality. It's just a perspective shift. It's not anything novel or different. It's not. Like, and I'm not even saying I'm, I'm not even a very good skydiver, to be completely honest. It's just, once again, you want to execute those basic things well and know your plan, plan your dive, do it well. And you already know that if you're an experienced person, that people are looking at you. I remember, and this takes me back to a story I told Tyler. Tyler asked me a long time ago uh, when we first became friends, like what led me to skydiving and why I chose the discipline that I chose and just, you know, was super interested in my progression. And I said, man, I used to watch Mateo in Dallas. And before I knew what a whole movement jump was, like I would watch this guy exit the airplane and it was just kind of an art form, right? It was beautiful. And he was doing a hop and pop, but he would do like a whole fucking movement jump on the hop and pop. Now, fast forward two years later, I know what that is. And I'm going like, fuck, dude, that that's actually pretty freaking hard. It looks beautiful, but to reach that level is, is a lot of experience. And so I go like, man, and I watch him and I just watch him do all these simple things so well. And if you don't have a minimum set, you know, what are you doing? Like we talked about that earlier for new people. What do I feel like people could do? Dude, set yourself solid minimums that you never compromise. I do that all the time. Wins, I could easily jump in 24, 26 mile an hour winds because we know Dallas is windy as hell all the time. But I still have a minimum for myself, right? You just never know what you're, what you're going to come against in any skydive. So why push it? I can skydive any day. I'm, everyone has this mentality like, dude, we got to fucking jump. No, you don't. You don't. And I do that with mountaineering, especially because it's super dangerous. Like the times that you push it too far to the edge, you're dead. There is no margin for that. Here, you have a little bit of margin, which is great. But I think all of the other activities that I've done have kind of led me to make this wide berth of safety margins. And some people will, you know, gawk and talk shit and say things to me, and, and I'm completely okay with it. You don't pay for my fucking skydives. So you know what? When you pay for my skydives, you can dictate what I do. But, it, you know, I just had this happen. I was watching a bunch of fuckery go on, and I just was like, I'm not jumping. And it was perfect weather, perfect day, but just the circumstances around the day, I just wasn't comfortable with. And I'm like, man, I could easily go skydive and something, well, probably less than 1% that they could happen. But still, that was too much for me. And so... I think like as a younger skydiver, I'm still developing that mentality 
and that knowledge level for myself. Again, we go back to the information is super readily available. You could ask a 25 jump number person and they'll fucking tell you everything under the sun. That's great. But getting the right information from the right people is even more important. So I watched, right? Like I watched like text and Tyler and all these people, you jump. I've seen you jump before. Like it's just, you, you watch the really, the, the people that have been around for a while. And there's a reason why they've been around for a while. And you know, you guys have minimums for stuff and you don't compromise on that. I'm a sissy. That's a pu- okay. A pussy, one might say. That's okay. But uh, so you, you talked about pulling off for, for wins. What's what's another reason that you might uh, realize that you shouldn't be skydiving? Oh my god, we could go. We oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. You're gonna make me talk for an hour, but oh I'm my, I'm gonna spare you guys that. Oh like, my god. Okay, so Sorry. the the last <laughs> the birth, la- that's a birth of a new character. The right last there. time that I did this, I'll give you a perfect example. I won't say where I was at and what I was doing, uh, for anonymity's sake, but. I saw like a couple of people pound in. The winds were fine, maybe a little thermally. And then we had a disparity between the groups that were jumping and how low they were pulling and just how the traffic pattern was. And I looked at that. I went outside. I watched the winds and I have my same process. I have kind of like a similar process. Like I've watched text do this a million times. Like I have the same process no matter where I go at a drop zone, looking at the winds, looking at jump run direction looking at different altitudes what the wind and the temperature is doing like i just have it's not a scientific process right but there's just minimum basic things that you should know before you jump i actually will watch a landing if i get to a drop zone and my friends are ready to jump i'm like dude i haven't seen anyone land that's like a minimum of mine. It's kind of ridiculous, right? But yeah. but it, you, but it, it it lets you see where you're expecting to open. Exactly. It lets you see what the pattern looks like. Exactly. Man, I think I think watching like when I go somewhere new, if I want to really build my comfort level, yeah, watch a load, yeah, do, do a hop and pop, yeah. I, I, and that's the way that I do it. If it's a new drop zone, I'll always do a hop and pop. If they force me to do a full altitude jump, okay, I may or may ride the plane down. I've rode the plane down, and everyone's looking at me like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, they could charge me for the lift ticket all they want. I have these minimums for myself and that's what makes me comfortable and make me confident when I jump. And if I don't know a hundred percent what's going to go on, I can always jump another time. Like why? Why? I, I, I noticed this, this thing in skydiving where people push so hard just to go fucking ham, go like many jumps in a day. I'm going to fucking just rip it up and blah, blah, blah. No, that's not my mentality is like a training mentality. I'm like very methodical, very, like meticulous and organized with how I think about it and how I do it. And if I can't do that, I will wait until I can because it's just not worth it to me to not do that because I'm paying this money. Right. And regardless of where people's incomes are at, you're still like you could have a lot of money. You could have a little money. You're spending almost pretty much the same amount of money, no matter who you are. And I value that. And I'm going, okay, if I'm actually going to train, if I'm actually wanting to get better, then I want to utilize every second I'm on the drop zone as a learning experience, as something that I can pull from and share with someone else, whether it's on my fun jumps with my friends or even just with coach jumps that I'm doing with other people. So I really try to soak up. I mean, just do just give me everything that I can get out of it because it's going to be the most bang for my buck if I do that instead of just going out and hucking (laughs) 
people poops out of the plane that that just doesn't interest me. And solo it, free fly, doing flips and shit. Yeah. Watch out. And it's super cool if people want to do that, dude. If that's what gets your dick hard, that's great. But for me, like that discipline piece, that that meticulously planned stuff, that like, hey, you may have you know sucked on that first part of your jump, but you executed the last two parts of that, and here's how you can learn from that. That's really what I get out of skydiving. It's just like the day that I stop learning, and I'm sure I'm not the first person to say this, that I'm going to fucking quit. And I think that that's what mo- I, that's what I would say most people should do. If you don't feel like you're being challenged, you don't feel yeah. like you're learning in skydiving, then you're, uh, then well, you're ready to go. I, I, and I'll ask you this, you guys this. So I asked you that question earlier, which I, I don't want to lose track of that. What do you feel like? So I gave you that example of the loading area mm-hmm. as like things I think people do super poorly. They're not very disciplined in. What would be something, and even if you say the same, like what would both of you guys' opinion be on those respects? Like, I, I think being honest about your level of skill. Okay. Uh, kind of echoing what you said about under promise over deliver. Yeah. Of, hey, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure I can do this part of the jump, but, you know, I would much rather say, hey, you know, this, this is my skill set. I think this is what I can do. And impressed someone with my performance based on my description of of my skill set than to be like yo man i fucking got it and then to go blowing through the you know go go blow past the formation or whatever so i think um especially you know i I haven't done a ton of of coaching yeah you know i've got to be coached by really high level people and be organized by really high level people but usually that's not my job but hearing from them talk about you know traveling around jumping with so many strangers people you've never been in the sky with before and then homeboy says oh yeah i got i got this i'm going to nail it that's usually uh, a solo a angle looking to build <laughs> yeah but that's usually a, a, a bit of a red flag for a coach yeah. of someone who's uh, overrepresenting their their skill set so uh, having some humility, I think, is, is an important thing. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to add to this list, DJ? Yeah, DJ, I'm interested to hear I, what you feel like. I really want to just expand on what you two said, and then I, I do have one statement myself. I honestly believe Nick and I could get in the loading area at the one-minute call and safely yeah. perform a skydive. And I believe a lot of my friends can do that. But the problem is, is a lot of our friends can't, not because they're stupid and capable or anything else, but because they're newer jumpers and they're not capable. I agree with Here's you. Here's the unfortunate part. Those new jumpers want to be you. So they see what you do, and they do what you do. Yeah. So you're in the loading area, even if you're so fucking smart and so fucking talented and so fucking badass, good for you, you're a fucking ninja. Yeah. You're not there at the five-minute call for you. You're there at the five-minute call for everybody else, and I'm going to expand on that in a second. Nick, be honest with your skill set to your fucking self. Yeah. Uh, to your organizers, for sure. To your coaches, for sure. But I see so many people who are constantly lying to themselves. I do coach a lot, particularly Canopy. And the honesty the, or the lack of honesty some people have with themselves is, is horrible. And, and I mean that in both aspects because be honest with your skill set. You're not as good as you think you are yeah. or you're better than you realize. So And both are okay. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. And I, I see this. Like boogies... I'm like, it's the funniest thing because, you know, I went to, I think my first boogie was in Puerto Rico. It was phenomenal. It was a beautiful place. I I scuba dived. I went and hiked. I jumped out of planes and did some pretty fun shit while I was there. But I also saw the reason why people fucking hate boogies. And it was like my first example of like what I thought was a really organized place. Shout out to Extreme Divers, though, for putting on a great boogie. And it's beautiful. And they did a great job. But it's the participants that make it unsafe, right? Like they did such a good job with that boogie. But man, you're watching people joust and 
fly perpendicular to each other on final and and i'm just going like what the heck which is a lot of the reason why i will say no to a lot of even basic things now because i watch that and i'm like i've seen people eat shit or be you know i've been there to treat people at the drop zone the predominant amount of the time i feel like some of that follows me but i'm glad that i am because i can help and i see that kind of stuff and i'm like man like this how does all this stuff happen it starts with a bunch of bad decisions right um, and so for me, I, I think the, the thing with skydiving should be like a good thing of decision-making that you should start out with in the morning. And if you don't know 150% where you're saying like skill level wise, I see this at boogies all the time. You'll see someone go on a jump that predominantly will make it unsafe because they're not 150% that they can hold that slot. And if we're being really honest with themselves, like if I'm at a boogie doing a video, I'll get like everyone's footage, right? I had uh, I had this instance last time at a boogie where someone comes to review their footage with me, which is great. I love doing it, right? And I want to see the compositions that people get and I want to be able to say, hey, like maybe we can be on this side of the formation to create this or that. And I'm going through this footage and it's like literally I may have been able to use like 10 seconds out of all the jumps for three days. And it's, and it, it, like, I see that and I'm going like, we're, we, and uh, anyone listening to this, like, I want you to really heed this, uh, advice from someone who's really shitty skydiver, but watches a lot. Like you should not go on a jump unless you're 150% sure that you could do that jump at a boogie, right? Where I'm watching people, uh, legitimately, uh, plan a jump that's purposefully vertically separated and even if we got some of the best people in skydiving together, that it would still be very hard to, to do. And so simple is never a bad thing, right? And so usually when we're doing stuff, like I'll use Luis as a perfect example. Luis will go out and he'll just do some chill jumps for the first part of the day. They don't know you. You're going to go out and you're going to do just like, you're not ripping the first jump. You're just going on a cruise. If you don't know a group, you don't know people, even if you're a participant, go on a cruise man figure out who the leader is how they lead it doesn't just go one way right like we can choose who we're jumping with at a boogie and i feel like i almost feel like sometimes i have a little bit of a pinky up like that it's not anything personal to people but it's it's my livelihood or my continuation in skydiving that if i jump with the wrong person i could get hurt so i try to be really cognizant of like how i do those things we talk about you know, what do I do when I first get to the drop zone? What do I, you know, with the calls and things like that, that's that every part of your skydiving can be broken down into these little small parts that you can do better. And even the decisions to jump with certain people could be better. Like, are you going to learn the most from this person that you could, or are you going on a fun jump, which is completely fine. So I noticed this, this whole boogie uh this was the weirdest thing for me i think as a younger jumper there's like the stigma around boogies and i'm going dude why it's the perfect time to learn you have badass organizers people who train people for a living at these at these things why is it why does it still have the stigma of something bad uh, i've uh, and i don't you guys probably can answer this question but i felt like boogie versus skill camp 
Yeah, but 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 but, but what's the difference? So right? most people go to boogies to party. Yeah, and because of their nighttime activities, they yeah. don't have the daytime abilities. Yeah, I see. So that and that and I think that sounded pretty good. No, and I, I think yeah, I, I, I was think sure it, you've said that before. I had yeah. not. I just rhymed on accident. He just came up with that on the flow. <laughs> no bullshit. I, I feel like that should be a bit of a change. So like newer skydivers out there, if you're listening to this, even experienced people, be honest with yourself if you can. Uh, there, like to me, I feel like when I go to a boogie, I, I like I get you're paying for a boogie. You're also you may have party intentions and stuff like that. I mean, but, the, but for the people that are out there that are wanting to learn something, so like, I mean, the people that are like a hundred jumps to two hundred and fifty jumps, or they're gonna go to a boogie for a couple of reasons to to jump in a different aircraft, or to maybe jump with some different groups or organizers and learn some shit. It's free coaching. You're paying yeah, for a skills uh, camp. I, I get what you're saying, yeah. and I'm going to disagree just a little bit. That's okay. Because some people go to boogies to party. Yeah, no, I know. I agree. I agree. And, I mean, not everybody wants the same thing out of skydiving yeah. that you want. Correct. Like, I hear what you're saying. Like, training jumps, I want to be a good skydiver. I, I yeah. want to be on good jumps. I want to be on productive jumps. I don't want to be on zoo dives. Some people fucking live for zoo dives. Yeah. And, and like I say, like, there's no problem with those. But, like, if you really do want to progress... Boogies Maybe can't. they don't. But, but I want to get drunk <laughs> and I want to sleep till noon. Yeah. And then I want to make several questionably you know, questionable bad, decisions, bad decisions that I'm going to regret. Skydiving's one of them. <laughs> He's going to look in the mirror the next might day. Be another. Yeah, look yeah, in the mirror the next dude, day and be like, "What have I become?" That's what some people are after with all this. And I don't think that there's uh, there's nothing wrong with wrong that. with that yeah. as long as you're like you're informed about the risks that you're taking. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those aren't the jumps that I want to be on. Yeah. I want to be on jumps like what you're talking about. Yeah. And uh, I want to feel like I'm getting better. I want to feel like I still have goals. I mean, I mean, like, I can't imagine. I don't remember the last time I went on a skydive and felt great about it top to bottom of like, man, I, I did great. There's like, man, I was in my slot. Everything was <laughs> smooth. I didn't mess that part up. Yeah. It's like, dude, that never happens. Yeah. And uh, that's, I, I, you know, not never, but those jumps seldom happen. Yeah. Those are those are the jumps that you really remember that stand out of like, man, that went, yeah. that went great. But I don't remember the last one that I was on. And yeah. part of it is, you know, I haven't been jumping as much as I, as I usually do, so I'm a little rusty on, on all fronts. Quarantine put a damper in that for all yeah, of us. Yeah, but, um, but, I th- I, but I think, once again, like you can go to the boogies and do that, and that'd be great. But for like the people out there that are going to actually try to learn or they're wanting to get more experience, that's yo, why you go, go, to, go do, to a camp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Forget that boogie yeah. word. Go to, go to a yeah. camp. Camps are different. Yeah. Boogies are a thing. There's usually partying involved. There's usually yeah. after hours court uh, events that are like part of the plan. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do any of that stuff. Most organizers yeah. recognize when they go to a boogie, they're not organizing skills; they're organizing jumpers. Yeah, um, there are a few exceptions. A good example: Skydive Chicago Summerfest. They do typically have some good skill camp going along with good yeah. boogie. Yeah. But they really are an exception. Carolina Fest is another exception. I, I to bet that you the Carolina that Fest are, is phenomenal. That are doing the skills camps that are on the good skydives are probably not the same people that you see out at those after hours. Hundred percent agree. Yeah. I mean, and that's not. I guess that's not 100% true because I can think of one very specific person <laughs> who I know I would see him being the last person at the at the party going hard yeah. and still doing really well on the jumps the next day. I want to know if who you, it is. Exactly. But that's, if that's, you can do it, you can do it. People. Yeah, if you can do it, you can do it. I'll, I'll tell you after the show. But I think and, it, and you'll be like, yeah, but I, I can see that guy. I, I can think of one person right away. Yeah. He's actually an organizer. Yeah. So um, I, I want to answer the question that you asked ultimately of what is something I see on the drop zone that could change for people or however you pose the question. And it's just a life skill in general, and it's called consideration. Yeah. 
And consideration, if I'm considerate of others, I'll be in the loading area at the five-minute call. Not because my skill set or my mindset needs it, but this poor young jumper over here is kind of freaked out still because he's super new. And by me being there at the five-minute call, it helps settle him. It helps keep him calm. I'm considerate of him. In the airplane, I'm going to sit up straight and be considerate because, yes, somebody moved and it allows you to lay down. But the five people behind you are getting crushed, including the poor tandem student who paid $250 for a fucking skydive. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be considerate by holding the door. When I walk through the door, look who's behind you. Yeah. How many times in the packing room have you had the door dropped on your fucking yes. face because you were within one foot of somebody? Yeah. Hold, look behind you. Yeah. Be considerate. And I could give so many other examples, but I think consideration in general, like, uh, dude, Chris Brewer, you know Chris Brewer, yeah. um, does not believe in COVID mask issues, et cetera. And I'm sorry if I'm throwing him under the bus, but we've <laughs> had this conversation. But have you ever seen Chris Brewer have a problem with wearing a mask? No. Because he respects others. He's yeah. not wearing the mask because he has any fucking care for it. He thinks it's a joke, but he thinks respecting you is not a joke. Yeah. So consideration for others, man, it, it is such... It's I a think, universal thing that goes across everything. I think awareness is usually the yeah. word that I use to describe yeah. the same thing. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm aware that if I take up two spots on the airplane that now I'm making someone else uncomfortable. Yeah. Hey, I'm aware that the rig on my back is in a different place than where my actual back, you know, my, my, my normal spatial awareness. Yeah. And it's like, hey, I'm aware that this person in rental gear with a fucking Benny helmet on and a, and a space <laughs> lane jumpsuit has less experience than me and could probably yeah. use some pointers about, you know, I'm not going to, I see that person sitting by the door when, when we're about to take off and I'm going to at least help them with the door. Yeah. Or at least tell them, hey, you know, I, you may have closed the door after a hop and pop before, but when we're not flying, the door is a little heavier. So this is how we're going to close it. Yeah. Uh, and being aware, you know, as a videographer that the tandem instructor has a job and hoping, you know, I'm not a tandem instructor, but hoping the tandem instructor is aware the videographer has a job. Yeah. And either the people in Manifest had a job before I even knew who the student was and that when, uh, you know, I'm not the only person landing in the landing area and whatever, whatever else you can think that, yeah. you know, I think as a new jumper, I certainly remember having this experience of when I jumped out of the airplane, like I did a bunch of solos. I did a bunch of stuff that I would tell someone to not do. Yeah. And uh, I remember jumping out of the plane. It's like, man, I, it was just me up there. Like it was like now I'm on my skydive. The guys that were in my way in front in the back of the plane, those guys you. are out of the way. Yeah. These stupid tandems that are going to do their for, like I'm way beyond that. Now I'm on my skydive. Yeah. And then I did a bunch of shitty jumps and became a really terrible flyer. And then when I decided doing it by myself wasn't as fun as I thought it was anymore and tried to go with somebody else, I sucked at it. Yeah. And uh, if I would have had someone there to say, hey, man, think about these other people. Think about the, the reason this guy is good at it is because he did this. Yeah. And the reason that, uh, you know, you're going to stay in skydiving longer if you do this. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the awareness that especially for those of us who work in the sport, that uh, seldom are you the last piece of, of the puzzle. Yeah. That usually you are a middle piece and you can do a better job of picking up where you where you where you're supposed to start and you can even make someone else's job easier by picking up earlier than that yeah. and remembering hey hey someone has to deal with this once I'm done and making that the cleanest version of that too. Yeah. No, I, I think that's awesome. I think uh we definitely need more of that cognizance of uh of what we're doing within skydiving just in general. More so life, but I think I think that transfers down to skydiving. If you're a shit person, you're going to be a shit person in <laughs> skydiving regardless. But, but I've seen people grow and change and yeah. learn. And so I want to like, 
I, I think I am quick to jump to conclusions sometimes when it's like, oh, that guy's a fucking shithead. Yeah. But I've called someone a shithead and had them prove me wrong. Yeah. And that's, I think that's Thank one you. of my favorite things. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't done it yet. I've always, I've always given this example <laughs> like uh, to the guys, right, about how you speak to people. Mm-hmm. It can either close them off or open them up. And you're probably pretty good at this. I listen to you speak a lot. I listen to him speak some as well uh, without the T-Rex arms. And he does pretty good. But uh, um, dude, I, I, I learn from a lot of people, a lot of the ways that I talk. I think, it, yeah, if you're not learning, watching people make mistakes, you probably shouldn't be there because if, there's tons if, of them being made. If I'm not intentional about that's when I notice yeah. that I do. I make mistakes all the time. Yeah, all the time. It's dude. I dwell on like I don't sleep at night because I think, God, why did I say that stupid fucking shit? Why did, why did I say why did I say that that way? Man, I should have had more patience. Man, I shouldn't have jumped yeah. in and said this thing. Man, like I still mess it up all the time. Yeah. But usually when I'm doing a good job, it's because I'm modeling it after someone like DJ, modeling after someone like Stephen Boyd Jr., yeah. modeling it after like my brother I, is someone who I who I emulate a lot. And if I can think about how someone who I value as a good communicator, if yeah. I can imagine how they would approach this situation Correct. and what would they say next, and I can I can force myself to do that same thing, yeah, it comes out okay sometimes. I want to expand on my answer, just and I had no goal. Consideration was really my answer, but the uh, you, you've you've mentioned a few things, both of you, and and it is be open to other people. Yeah. And and I will uh, call a guy Nick. It, it really isn't Nick, but I'm going to think. I'm thinking of a very very specific person. Was he a jerk? Um, he was not a jerk. He actually accused me of being a jerk, and he had a lot of issues. He had a lot of problems on the drop zone, and he was a regular here in Houston for quite a while. And at some point, he went to Stephen Boyd and was complaining to Stephen about me in an interaction we had. And uh, by all means, I can be an asshole. By all means, I can be wrong. By all means. Um, I, I can say things wrong by not and not mean it that way, but Stephen actually listened to the person, heard him out, and said, "Cool, man. So, um, I saw everything you talked about. I witnessed the whole thing, and you and I have very different perspectives of it. Yeah, you were up in arms. You were defensive. DJ was very patient, very respectful. He was actually very polite. And actually, if I were him, I would have told you to fuck off at some point. Yeah. Um, and I'm super glad Stephen didn't share me the story. The guy did. The guy, again, I'm going to call him Nick because I don't want to throw him under the bus because he, in the end, did a really nice job. And he came and he apologized to me. He was like, yeah. bro, this is what happened. This is how it went down. This is what I went and told Stephen. And this is Stephen's perspective. And then I walked away and I fucking thought about it. And I said, wow, man. And, and part of Stephen's speech to him was, do you really think DJ, do you really think Nick, do you really think Ben Nelson has all the time in the world to come talk to you about this stuff? Yeah. The answer is no. They don't. So the fact that they took time to share this information with you is because they want to help you. A lot of times, and I really hate this next statement, percep- uh, uh, intent means so much more than perception. Yeah. Unfortunately, perception means more than intent. Yeah. I can say things, and, and, and there's another jumper at the drop zone currently who thinks I hate their guts and thinks that I'm so mean to them, and everybody else is say, seems like they've, he's never said anything mean to you, he's never said anything bad to you, I've never seen anything that you're talking about, but they have a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. If we're coming to speak to you, it's because we you do care. care. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I give a fuck. It's like a coach. You know, when your coach stops talking to you, it's always a bad thing in sports. So if they're talking to you, they want you to be better. They yeah. want you to aspire for more. Yeah, no, I, I completely get it. I had a similar situation when I think I was like at 30 skydives. Uh, I was being a complete idiot walking across the runway. They did a back taxi. 
I was I had my head down. I was just tired from the day of skydiving and just wasn't watching. And it didn't create an issue with the plane, but it could have, right? If I would have just stopped on the runway for a little too long and gathered up a canopy and you know, immediately I see someone coming out there. I looked and I knew what had happened. And this guy come, this guy's like r- literally running out to me, you know, what the, fuck? just like screaming. I get to him and I'm very quiet and I'm, and I'm very much a calm person in confrontation. Cause I want the person to feel heard, even if they are being emotional. And the guy screamed endless obscenities at me. And after he was done with it, uh, I asked him a question. I said, what about any of that? Do you feel like, would help someone learn or listen. And he kind of was quiet. And I was just like, look, man, like I'm not saying I know better. I'm not saying uh, I didn't make a mistake. Uh, but I've, you know, been, been with groups of people had to in the hard way learn as a leader too. And I'm just like, you know, it's pretty easy to ask me what I was doing. Like ask me what my decision was because in skydiving more often than not, sometimes people are making decisions for their own safety and it may not look good from the ground, but it may have been like, that's not an instance, obviously. So I just said, hey, man, I just completely messed up. Like, And ever since then, it taught me that your skydive isn't over until you put your rig on the ground back inside. And, you know, I walk over, Ben and Ben and Heath um, are sitting over there and they kind of waved me to come here. And I was like, oh, crap. And I and luckily I had made a relationship with both of them at the same at, at kind of at the same time. And um, I'd been getting my private pilot's license uh, and Heath kind of knows like I know with the planes pretty well. And uh, I walk over and they said, hey, we know, you know, we're not going to say anything to you, uh, but we just want you to be careful. And it was, it was like I thought I was going to get completely reamed out by them. And they just were like, hey, you know, we know that, you know, and do better. I'm like, okay, cool. But this guy, I was just like, I never forgot this guy. And I've seen it so many times in skydiving. So when I see someone communicate poorly, I oftentimes will mind my own business, but I try to even like talk to them and just say, Hey man, like sometimes it's okay to ask a simple question, let them tell you what they feel like happened. And then you can talk to them about what you saw and maybe how to do that better. The majority of time, people do not make mistakes on purpose. The majority of the yeah. time, people don't fuck up on purpose. People are not nefarious. Yeah. They're not out there trying to be malicious. They're doing it on accident. They're yeah. doing it without reason, or without be- good reasons. Maybe they could have been more aware. Maybe they, but yes, but it, w- it was purely an accident. Yeah. And Nick made a point earlier, uh, unintentionally, that he is the biggest asshole to him. I go to bed tonight sleeping like, why Why did I say that? How did I do that? Why did I do that? Why did I? And we're so fucking yeah. mean to my, ourselves. So if I walk up to you and attack you, I've immediately recused you of being the asshole and I've yeah. put the problem on me. Yeah. So now no longer is a problem. You cross the runway. The problem is, is why is DJ a fucking asshole? Yeah. So when you approach somebody, number one, I see regularly see people pour a, uh, fly an improper pattern at the DZ, one that we don't prefer. And nine times out of ten, when I say, hey, buddy, how was your jump? How was your night? What happened on pattern? Oh, oh, wow. I understand why you did that. Yeah. Good for you. Uh, it's so common. The mistake people make are either justifiable because of reasons that I did not see. Yeah. Or, um, man, Frank Pizzazza, remember him? Yeah. Um, Frank, when he first came to our drop zone, he flew a right-handed pattern and somebody was lit up about, I'm like, I'll talk to him. Yeah. And I walked up to Frank. I'm like, hey, bro, um, you flew a right-handed pattern. He's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, hey, did you know we fly left-handed pattern? No. I'm a fucking asshole. I'm so sorry. Like, he immediately, like, 
turn it up. I'm like, bro, you didn't know. Yeah. You, I mean, yeah, I, you can't kill a man and say I didn't know I was committing committing a crime. Yeah. But at the same time, what Frank hurt nobody. He landed away from it. There, there was zero wrong. Yeah. So I could have yelled at him for breaking a rule he had no clue, or I could say, hey, did you know? And he was so nice and so apologetic yeah. about it. So ask people what they did. Ask people yeah, what they you, know. You have such an opportunity to educate them and to, help, and, to, and to help them understand rather than shut them down completely. Because I don't know about you guys, but when, stum- when someone starts screaming in my face, I kind of am like, like, I just automatically will like glass you over for two seconds. And I'm, I'm still going to listen to you and I'll let you finish whatever you have to say. But at the, at the end of that, I'm going to go like, does that really help the people that we're trying to help? The people that are making these mistakes just like me, because even at where I'm at, I still make mistakes and I still try to learn from things every day. But I also take these opportunities of watching other people get screamed at or watching other people make mistakes and learn from that. It's like how I was okay, decently successful in my business at first because I had a buddy in the business that used to mess up all the time. And I was like, that is not what I'm going to do. And so just you know, being a logical, normal human being and trying to learn from the things that you see, I think should be a basic, basic premise around the drop zone, right? Like you see how people communicate then don't do that. I just think that that, that thought might escape most people yeah, about, about mean, all a- aspects of life. Yeah. I, I hear people complain about the types of communication they receive and, mm-hmm. you know, um, they'll, they'll, I'll, and I try to like with, even the people that I'm coaching, I try to ask questions because I can't pass a judgment. I'm not going to pass a judgment on someone because maybe they were in the right to yell at them. I don't know. But I try to, you know, offer up that perspective. Hey, like, you know, do you understand why the person's doing that? Okay, cool. Maybe, maybe it's something legitimate that they needed to yell at you about, or maybe they're just having a bad day and you can also be understanding and, and bring the situation down. It's not just their job. It's your job. Uh, to manage your reactions. And I think anytime you can recognize that someone is doing something poorly or differently than you would do it, yeah. it's a good reminder of like, hey, there's probably stuff that I do poorly that someone else who knows better would recognize. Yeah. And so that I'm not, you know, I'm never going to be this finished this work. Finished I'm never going to be yeah. this complete person. That there should, every time I see someone doing something that I think they could do better, yeah. that should be a reminder to me of, hey, you know what, stupid, you're not perfect either. There's probably some other stuff you can be doing better. Yeah, emotionally and emotional intelligence is free too. So I think that uh, we could all use a dose of that. I even have to remind myself a lot of times too. I'm like, man, I, this person's probably going through some stuff. I see stuff all the time or even may encounter it. And I'm just like real slow to react. And I listen twice as much than I speak most of the time. One of my favorite tricks I've learned in conflict resolution is ask somebody what happened, what they did, and why they did it, mm-hmm. and then repeat to them their answer. Yeah. And it, it really serves so many purposes. Number one, it helps you understand I am listening to you, and it helps me yeah. it helps you understand that I am here for you. Number one. Number two, maybe just maybe what you said is asinine, and when you hear me say it, you go like, and, wow. and, 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 yeah, you yeah. go, wow, and I never have to point it out. You yeah. immediately walk away and go to bed that night going, why the fuck did I say that? Number three, when I say it back to you, I have a better understanding of how to speak to you because I have now validated your emotions to yeah. you and to me. I see you're a fan of psychology. Uh, Being man. heard. He's a manipulator. Listening. That's it. Yeah. 100%. A, it, you, 100%. You, hey, I mean, dealing with some of these people, you have to be able to make them feel like they're heard, right? Yeah. Like Manipulation is not a bad word. Yeah. As a skydiving instructor, I need to manipulate your emotions to help you perform to the best standard you want. Yeah. 
Uh, text is a great manipulator of emotions, and I mean that in the most positive context. It's, it is a negative word. Uh, Nick's heard me use those words, I think, is why he kind of jabs at me with it. Oh, it's uh, I, was, I was just making a joke. Yeah. Um, but I, what, what you're saying, I, I, I absolutely agree with it. Manipulating doesn't, you know, it's a word with a negative connotation, but... Yeah, it's like the word ignorance. Ignorance is not a bad word. He's just ignorant means he just doesn't know. Know better, yeah. Exactly. And, and you've got to be patient with these young jumpers because so many of them don't know. So many of them are truly ignorant. And a good example, I recently hooked up with a young fella who has a 1.5 wing loading with about 180 jumps. Mm-hmm. And people will commonly ask me, and Nick may have asked me at some point, how and why can you be so patient with these folks when you talk to them? Because with the 20 jumps, I had a 1.3 wing loading. And I remember two people. One of them was a group who yelled at me and was very, very, very asshole to me. And another was a group of people who approached me and said, hey, buddy, just want you to know we have a little bit of concern. Um, this is what we see and this is what we, what concerns us. And we would like to help you be safe with your decisions. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. How can I be safe with my decisions? Uh, Heath Richardson was actually one of my first canopy coaches. Um, he, he was yeah. one of my big guiders in, in, in life. And the way he approached, the way he spoke to me, um, God, I love Heath to death. Heath is, is such a, he, he's like Nick in my life because I don't is know. He's short. He is short. <laughs> he is short. Similar stature. Um, well, like, so Nick earlier, um, I, I, I will give Nick shit nonstop because I'm going to, he's going to get really mad at me right now. He's a very talented video editor. I'm would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree. But he that. will argue with me. I'm not talented. I'm not, I just work. And absolutely, you work hard. You've earned the effort. You've earned the, the energy. You're not natural at it. You've just earned a lot of, or you've worked hard for it. Accepted. Just um, take it. Just take it. Take but it like that tongue he was talking about earlier. <laughs> tongue booty clap. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, day. when he earlier started talking about the people who influence him about communication, if you notice, I very quickly hid the mic in my head. I'm going like, God damn it, Nick. I fucking hate when you say this shit. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Heath and I have that. Hey, just accept it. Just accept it, bro. <laughs> just accept it like your tongue. You know, I love no, Heath. I'm just the same yeah. thing that you were telling me a minute ago when you were trying to compliment me. Yeah. Yeah, just accept it. Well, Sorry. and that's even why I was like, God damn it. And I, and I tell Nick the same thing, like, accept it. But Heath and I have that symbiotic relationship of growth together where we have this mutual respect where we each hold each other in a higher regard than we probably uh, uh, should in our own perspective. Like the regard he holds me and I'm like, no, 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 no. And, and vice versa, the regard I hold him, he's like, no, I'm a piece of shit. And I'm like, oh, man, which is why he's a good friend of mine. I've learned so much from Heath and I would recommend any of the newer jumpers. If you've never done a right seat ride in the plane, definitely do that. I still will give up some days of some jumps just to ride in the plane with Heath because he's such a talented pilot. God. And Rabbit, the same thing. Like if I ever get it, because I got love some badass pilots that work. For yeah, space, we I do. Mean. But it, it, even just uh, the climbed altitude, when you know we're not, when I'm not letting him work and do that, and I ask him a question and he's available to answer. Like mm-hmm. I still feel like every time I'm around Heath, I always learn something. If, literally, yeah, if you've ever been upset that the pilot's not telling you ground speed. Go on a right seat ride. Ooh. Listen to everything that they yeah. have to hear and communicate with, and talk about and think about. But too, yeah, it, it's like it's taught me more about skydiving. Going on those those right seat rides, just random stuff. Yeah, I love the right seat ride in Dallas. Uh, it, uh, Dallas is in what we call a box, and for those who don't understand this, uh, in Dallas we have a very very tight airspace of different uh, controlled airspaces around us that we can't really violate because of heavy air traffic. Yeah. 
and I love being on Jump Run, watching the airliner. Yeah, like we're on a straight converging path, and if we continue flying at each other, there could be a collision. <laughs> Obviously, a lot of communication going on between the pilots yeah. and, and air traffic control. But I love seeing that converging, and then Heath coming down and, and diving down. Yeah. And if you were to sit in the right seat and to see how busy he was, yeah, you would understand the the problems the pilots deal with, man, and and. The pilot is a a, a unappreciated, underglorified bus driver. They are commonly in that plane for how many loads did we fly today? Totally that lot, many. Yeah. Yeah. They might be able to get out and get a piss. Most of the time, if they have food, it's because somebody brought them food. Yep. Um, it, man, those pilots are are hardworking motherfuckers, man. Yeah, they really are. Take get in your car, take a road trip for twelve <laughs> hours today. In that that's road what they trip, do every day, <laughs> only get out to take a piss. Yeah, you know, you mean, and that's it. And you're only driving around the block. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and by the <laughs> way, the most uncomfortable car seat ever. Yeah. In the world, and all your passengers are yelling at you most of the time and farting nonstop. Like it, it, I, I, that's not even a fair comparison because it's worse for being a jump pilot. Those guys are such fucking rock stars, man. I and they're yelling them. obscenities and weird things like Pero. <laughs> like what? Pero. P-E-R-R-O. That was for Tyler. Oh, Pero. Tyler was like, I, I bet you won't yell Pero on the air. Well, the, 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 there I, don't, you go. I don't think you yelled it. Shit. <laughs> Barrow! There we go. There we go. That's better. There you go, man. No, um, I had to fulfill my so- social obligations dude, just, to my you're friends. You're a good friend. That's it. I tried to. I tried to be. That's it, man. We are running out of time. So you said you wanted to ask some questions. I'll give you one more question. Yeah, man. Um, intentional cutaways. I know you and I had talked about this. I watched it's so much fun. Some of the videos. Like, there's so many things that I could talk to you guys about. But that that was one thing. I think I have not been able to just find information on. Uh, I know this is probably not something that everyone could do or may even aspire to do, but like I want to do like 30 of them. Well, you should find a company who's trying to develop a new MARD system because that was, <laughs> <laughs> that was exactly how we did I think, 29 of them for that I think, project. I yeah. think it would be cool to just have some real life experience in that without, you know, knock on wood, having uh, cutaway yet. But just, uh, yeah, I'm like the, the tertiary systems that are made, who makes them, who do you even talk to? I feel like most things I can find a person to ask. And I know you have tons of experience with all kinds of varying places in the business. And so that was like one highlight, which I missed a bunch of them, but that was like one thing I was so curious about, even just for myself. I, uh, Man, first of all, I highly recommend if you have an opportunity to do intentional cutaways, absolutely do it. And I'm going to speak to an immediate experience I had. Um, Nick and I got to uh, work together on the MARD project, 29 cutaways total. Um, I only did a handful of them. God bless Jeff Witt, Will, uh, what's the sexy Jeremy, dude? Francisco, DQ... Uh, 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 Rory. Rory, yeah, Rory did a yeah, handful. Yeah, man, we had such a talented crew of badasses who really helped with the rigging, Matthew Peterson, uh, with the jumping. They were so phenomenal. But those cutaways, number one, uh, were just a fucking good time. Absolutely. It, it's a fucking blast. But number two, at the end of that project, and it was almost immediately after the end of that project, I was 
running an AFF course. And as a examiner, I act like a bad student. And at the end of the skydive, you actually have to open my main parachute by pitching my handle. And literally, you deploy for me. I have a streak in my life of 40 jumps without deploying for myself. I went 40 fucking straight skydives <laughs> with somebody deploying for me. It's just like... Holy crap. Yeah, dude, it, it really, at the end of that jump, at the end of that streak, I had a skydive where I had to pull for myself. And I was like... This uh, is weird. Yeah. Like I, I, knew I don't I was know what to do with my hands. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, okay, <laughs> can I find the handle? Well, uh, not in that streak, but in a similar process, uh, at the end of the, the test jumps, a gentleman who was supposed to pull my cutaway handle, or excuse me, my main handle, pulled my fucking cutaway handle in free fall. Uh. So in free fall, I have my cutaway handle pulled. I go straight to my reserve. And the calmness, the wherewithal, the familiarity of yeah. my handles... Uh, A comes because I always touch my handles when I give, you know, I'm just so intentional with what I do. Um, But then because I'd recently done these things, it was a very natural, like, hey, I know where it is. This is very calm. Um, I've done things. Um, Honestly, during our cutaways, our intentional cutaways, there was one of them that I was caught off guard by some of the things that happened. Yeah. Um, the Tersh system we were jumping was made for a fella just a little bit heavier set than me. I love you, Sonic. Um, had a little bit more padding between the rig and himself than mm-hmm. my belly holds. So the, the, the Tersh reserve moved around a little bit. And on one of the cutaways, Nick, I don't know if you know this story. You punched the back of the of the Tersh rig, right? Uh, the, the rig shifted. And not the back. The harness came to the side. And when I punched straight down... The connection point stopped me from cutting away, and I had to slide out of the way and cut away. Oh, man. And it, it was pretty smooth. It, it, there was definitely like a whoa moment in my brain. But then when I went to cut away or pull my reserve for that jump, the calmness that was there saying, man, I've dealt with a real emergency in this process. I dealt yeah. with a real problem. It, it kept me calm. But then landing my reserve, I had zero questions, zero doubts. Um I mean, Nick, you watch me land every single time I cut away, and I swooped every single one of them. Not the fastest, dopest swoops because I'm jumping a fat, big reserve. But then when I got on my reserve for, uh, by the way, when we did the test jumps, we had main risers on a reserve. Mm. Um, I had another reserve. It wasn't really my reserve. I don't recommend hooking your reserve to everybody, although DQ and myself both have. Um, and when I got under that reserve after that jump and I was in a real life emergency lower than I wanted to be, I'm like, oh, it's another fucking reserve. I, I yeah. really didn't care. So just for the practical experience of your future, I recommend it. One of your questions was, what's the minimum experience to do a uh, jump? Yes. And there is no prescribed minimum experience as far as regulation or recommendations. Um, personally, I recommend at least a C license 200 jumps. And you were a little bit shocked by that. Yeah. But here's the thing. How many new jumpers have cut away and pulled their reserve? Yeah, I get it. Yeah. How many times have you gone through those procedures? Hopefully shitloads. So really, it should just be something that's a very simple thought process as far as the simplicity of cutting away and pulling your yeah. reserve. The complexity becomes now with a terse jump, if your reserve, now you really had second main, and we're going to call it a second main, is your second main does have a malfunction. Now what are your actions from there? Yeah. And <laughs> that gets exciting. That gets messy. Yeah. I yeah. mean, because how many times have you practiced cutting away and going to your reserve? Right. You you know those actions pretty, yeah. pretty well. Yeah. But when there's a when there's another cut cutaway yeah. that happens to be around in in DJ's case, oh. and that, uh, that you're, <laughs> some and, definite and that you're supposed PLF. to be deploying on your back, and if it doesn't cut, if the pilot shoot doesn't launch right away, you have to pick it up off of your belly and toss it into the wind. Like it gets to be a lot more complex than just 
pulling the handle. Jeez. The first time you watched me dirt dive my EPs, I don't think I had explained them to you. Uh, he just lays prior. on the ground like a clam. Like I mean, <laughs> watching you do it and knowing what the gear is and where it is, it makes sense watching it. But maybe we, we may not have talked about it. But at the same time, that first time you watched me do it, it, it made sense. But did you go like, whoa, that is, that is. Uh, per usual, I'm happy to be flying video. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it catches you off guard. And, and I, man, I, I did this on a previous show and I'll say it again. I cannot be more thankful to Nick for being on these jumps. And early on, the intent was to video most, not all of them, but eventually it went to videoing all of them. And the biggest justification that Nick gave me, and I immediately agreed with it, was I had so much going on in my mind and all these test jumpers had so much going on in our mind and so many people wanted our attention because I, I get it. I get that you see what we're doing. I get that you see it's super fucking cool and it is. And I don't blame you for wanting to ask me questions. It's really serious. But Nick was that middleman who would interrupt people, who would stop people. I didn't, I was wearing cameras. Nick needed to make sure my, like I had enough on my plate to worry about that. I didn't need the extra people or the extra equipment bothering me. Yeah. And to have you there was absolutely a blessing, including the time we walked through the field 30 fucking times singing. No, 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 no. I was going to, I was going to say for everyone out there listening, if you haven't had a chance to see this video, that, that second one, the shorter one, I like a lot more. It's, it's uh, find the shorter one. And you're gonna get to hear them sing to each other, and it uh, to me, I think it's it's a cool video, right? Because yes. like when you haven't, I'm sure everyone feels this before their first cutaway. You have a little apprehension, and same with me, right? Like fear is normal. I think I think that's a completely normal thing for for the sport that we're in, and uh, the f- familiarity behind it is really more so of like why my aspirations are to do some intentionals, right? Because it's not normal. It's it's extremely hard to get information and so for me being who i am i'm like oh okay there's something that i that like everyone doesn't really know about it's really hard to get information that's attractive to me now i want to figure it out and it's piqued my interest so i'm like dude i have to it, even doing one would be phenomenal so i think that 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 uh, would be a great experience even for younger jumpers if you have the acumen or the skill level or ability to do it i think that that would be a a great thing to go through prior to having a real life scenario where you really do need to get it away from you i want to address the equipment requirements so as much as i mentioned at least 200 jumps Mm -hmm. um and it's because of the complexity of what happens that we recommend at least 200 jumps to to do this and 200 jumps is not a magic number. Yeah. I can think of a really nice friend right now, a, a great person at 200 jumps who has no business even thinking about it at yeah. this moment. Not because I don't think they're capable of cutting away and pulling a reserve, but because of the complexities of what happens after that. Yeah. Um, but now we have to think about the equipment because actually the harness itself is a specialized harness. Okay. Uh, some people will think, well, I can just throw buckles or straps on this. Like, no, you actually have to have a specialized or a second harness involved. That's what I was going to ask you, yeah. Um, the reserve you use, um, most of the test jumpers, example, uh, DRC is the Land Research Corporation. They do test jumping for uh, CPS, uh, UPT, PD. Uh, Brad Cole, if you listen to the show, is, is one of the guys managing that system. Uh, they use square uh, tertias, which I wish we had. We had uh, easy access to a round reserve. So I would highly recommend uh, making sure you have access to the right equipment. I was willing to use the round reserve because of um, uh, my knowledge, my experience, my foundational uh, basis. But every single one of our test jumpers were all said the same thing. The scariest part of this is if I have to use the round reserve. Um, I'm aiming for the pond, bro. I'm going to land it. In the, <laughs> did you hear don't, any of them say swoop Don't be pond? west. <laughs> 
Gosh, I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> the the whole t- sorry uh, the whole Go time you've been talking, I'm just when someone's uh, someone knows they're going to be doing their emergency procedures. This this is another thing I really notice on those jumps is you really take. It more seriously when you know that those hands because it it's happen, coming. Yeah, it could happen on any jump, right? Yeah. But most of us don't treat it like it's going to happen on any jump. Yeah. But when uh, you know when, whether it was DJ or Jeremy or Francisco or Will or DQ or Jeff, Jeff, uh, Rory, they all you know there was just this new level of seriousness about how yeah. they're treating their EPs because. Here we go. You're having a malfunction on this job. Yeah, like yeah, it yeah. is 100. Yeah, happening. once you leave the plane, there is no yeah, going like, back from that. It's yeah. like, have you ever had nerves about the possibility of having a malfunction on a skydive? Sure. Well, n- now it's actually now it's happening. Actually Here happen, we go. There's yeah. no option where yeah. this is how it's going down. So uh, that that's what I think I liked also of like, hey, we we all could be maybe taking. Uh, practicing our emergency procedures a little more seriously and even people with a lot of experience could maybe hop in on malfunction junction yeah review some some eps practice pulling handles think about those more dynamic malfunctions that i still do that, that, that I, I think that's so important to get the reps in because it needs to just be second nature right but i think like what you're saying is so true you should treat every skydive like you're going to have a malfunction but it's hard it's yeah. hard to, to think about it that way especially yeah. when it's the eighth jump of the day and you've been turning 20 minute calls <laughs> to be like oh shit Gotta be this could be the one. This, this could be this the could, one. Is it gonna be a terminal reserve ride? What am so I gonna do about a pilot shooting tow? I want to uh, speak to Clint more about what you just said. Clint Moore, uh, tandem instructor now and AFF instructor at Skydive Spaceland San Marcos, uh, trained here at Spaceland for his ratings or Houston, and, and also worked here in Houston. And he had a cutaway here in Houston as an instructor, and when he cut away his pillow would not completely unseat. Like he, he was trying to pull the pillow and it wasn't working. And he told me the story after the fact. He goes, man, I immediately pictured you in the plane. I immediately visualized you in the plane. And what I saw is every time I see you touch your handles in the plane, you actually peel. And when, you, when, when I saw that immediately peeled and I went through my actions and he described what I do and Clint now does the same thing. And if you ever were to watch me in the plane, when I touch my handles, I touch my main handle. I visualize deploying it. I visualize a malfunction. Once I've done that, I touch my handles. And whether you use a single-handed or a two-handled method, follow the suit. But then I touch that handle. I simulate peeling that handle. I simulate pulling that handle to forearm extension. And Nick has seen me dozens of times, hundreds of times in the plane. And, and then he checks his risers after this. Yeah. And you'll actually <laughs> see me go through like the full motion. If you watch me in the plane, and I know on Facebook or on the podcast you can't see this, but this is what it looks like. Yeah, this is really exciting, and it, it, it is absolutely. <laughs> this I go is the kind of stuff we get off on. Right the here. full action and the full motion, and back to the one jump that I had a problem on on the test jumps. Mm-hmm. I firmly believe the problem I had was actually uh, partially calmly resolved because I thought these things through. I constantly think about what if this happens, and and this is a great skydiving and life lesson in general. You should have what ifs. Yeah. But you should have answers. If you dwell on your what ifs, whether it's skydiving or life, that's where your freaking craziness comes from. Hey, what if I do that? Well, then I'm going to do this. What if that? Well, I'm going to do this. What if I'm going to? And if you can't answer those questions, maybe it's time to stand down and educate yourself on those answers before you move forward with whatever it is. Yeah. So be intentional with those emergency procedures as if it were really going to happen because it may. And on those jumps, it did. And it wasn't very hard for me. I talked with a lot of the test jumpers. Jeff Witt was the only test jumper who had the least amount of nerves, and he had done a lot of intentional cutaways prior. 
his conversation with, between him and I before we were getting on load, whatever the malfunction was, and he he hooked up his uh, like for the, some of the backward spinning malfunctions. Yeah, he hooked up like a Velo seventy nine, something Ooh. small, something, and he was a big guy. <laughs> yeah, and like he was just like, yeah, it should work. Yeah. Like this was his level of nerves through the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. should should work. I aspire for work. that level of nerves yeah, right he's, there. Uh, ice man. Everybody said the same thing, man. My nerve level was higher. My energy level was higher. It was, it was, and we kind of compared some notes. Some of us like, well, I was ramped up to a 10. I was ramped up to a five. Um, I was not, my energy level wasn't ramped up as high as my focus was. Yeah. And it was because my focus was strong. Yeah. I had the what ifs and Nick will tell you, I was focused as fuck on. You gotta be dialed in for that, man. You're like, you know, it's coming. Um, did you guys do all of these from full altitude or were they some hop and pops as well? And was there a criteria that you guys had to test the system on? Like there were criteria. The majority of them were hop and pops, but we have uh, eight jumps that they have to have at least 20 seconds of free fall, mm-hmm. a minimum of 20 seconds of free fall. There are 28. Yeah, we were doing jumps. those from like 8,085. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so these jumps are uh, uh, prescribed by the FAA. Uh, 28 jumps. We did 29 because the promo video of us singing na 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 was actually not a test jump. It was Nick and DJ going out and having... <laughs> it was, hey, man, I had this really good idea for the start of the video. One of the most memorable can, jumps of my Can life. we do one more? It made for great video, though. And it, I mean, it was super cool to watch the videos with both of you guys executing that, but just with the level of calm that you did it, that that's like I see that as a younger jumper, and I go, that's how I want to be in those types of emergency situations. I mean, we, so we really had dirt dive that on the ground. We were walking for... I don't know, maybe ten minutes in, in the nice. in the landing area. Yeah, and the the reason it ended up on time with the music is I had it playing in head in like so I have DJ in one ear for the for the com, and I have my iPod in the other ear playing that line over and that over and over and over and over. Awesome. So we're walking through the through the landing area, and I would go. Uh, three, two, one. Na 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 na. We just did it over and over and over until we didn't have to say anything other than I would just do the countdown at some yeah. random point, and then we would just just be together. Brave man, right here, jumping with an AirPod. That's pretty phenomenal that it didn't come out. So I, uh, well, we had a nice helmets going on and yeah, whatnot, yeah. and then I had uh, the comms in one ear and the comm on the back of my helmet. And I was wearing one of the Cypress fanny packs with mm-hmm. his phone in my Cypress fanny yeah, pack recording the audio. The phone, yeah. <laughs> that is so So phenomenal. we had to have audio in his ear, audio between us, and then a recording device for all of it. And, That's uh, so cool. It, it engineered. It worked out. But that being said, it is time for us to turn into pumpkins. Always leave people wanting more. Wit, we've definitely got to do this again. But I want to kind of make a point I, I, I wanted to get to earlier. I love the thought process of you and your crew. I love the symbiosis. I love the organic nature. I love the fact that you two want to get together on a video project because ultimately during this show, I have really decided I would love to get your group, our group together and do some project, some event together. We'd love to. We don't know when, we don't know where, we don't know what, but boys, let's figure it out. Mr. P, close the show. God, don't make me do it. Hey, I'll do it this time. Next time it's you. Mr. G. Play that funky music, white boy. He's so good. He's so good at it. Guys and gals, (laughs) Gravity Lab Radio, keep an ear out, keep an eye out. We have a lot of new things coming uh, soon. We have the jerseys. We have the film festival. Watch our social media. Till then, 
whatever the fuck. Go home. Blue skies, we are out. That's what he says. Yeah. yeah. Got you. Thank Let's you guys. go Astros opening day tomorrow. Is that happening? It's yes. baseball season? Yeah. Yeah. Are, they, are they doing crowds? No. Cutouts of people cu- that, that pay oh, money. Oh, like, like the Koreans. <laughs> Did you see that? Did you see Korean baseball yeah, where they yeah. have like stuffed animals and yeah. shit in the crowd? No. But they're putting cardboard cutouts and, and they showed pictures of it today. That's hey, not thank you guys for having me on. Dude, thanks for Look being here. Look forward to it again sometime. Thank you, Wit.